Fed up with the fact checkers constantly labeling all of your posts as misinformation, missing context, or just straight up false when you know for a fact that it's not? Well, come check me out. I'm Justin over at the Fact Check This Podcast. I cover all of the shit that the fact checkers get wrong, plus general topics of the day and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So come check it out. Fact Check This Podcast. You won't be disappointed. bell tower taking a stand for your rights your liberties and all the bullshit in between you're listening to break the bell podcast all right everybody welcome to the daytime edition of the break the bell podcast yes you're your must-see view watching yeah I, I beautiful mean, bell breakers i mean Who- whoopi was kicked off the view right now so they yeah. might, you might as well watch us because you don't get to enjoy whoopi goldberg yeah. on the view so i was thinking about doing my hair kind of like whoopi that would have been interesting yeah. I, I don't know i don't know if we could pull that off <laughs> especially since you have no hair that yeah, would be an act of god <laughs> Um, so the reason why we're doing this early, this isn't going to be a normal thing, unfortunately, because I don't mind this time slot. I really no, don't. No, I'm like, my biological clock is like ready to do this. I know. And usually by like seven, it's just like, we've had a long day of yeah. work and stuff. But apparently today's Valentine's Day and some, some people's wives think that they need us to be around I, for Valentine's I, I Day. I don't know. I don't know. And I got to thinking, you know what? If our wives want us there for Valentine's Day, other people's wives or husbands probably don't want our viewers just watching us for Valentine's. Right. I mean, what what would be a better Valentine's evening than watching us? But yeah. some people might not agree with that. I, I, so. I think we can be romantic. You know? Oh, we absolutely can. Yes. Fact check this podcast says, trying to directly compete with Dan, I see. You're on to us. You are on to <laughs> us. Uh, Dan is considers himself the uh, libertarian version of The View. And so uh, we wanted to directly compete with that. So here we are competing with that. And let us know if we're, we're winning because that's all I care about is winning. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? Wow, my mouse died early today. That's, that's unusual. Usually it waits till uh, halfway through the say, show. We're just getting started. I know. So how's everybody doing out there? Uh, like I said, this is normally, uh, set, if, if you don't typically listen to us live, we usually do this live during primetime hour, right, 7 yeah. p.m. Central Standard Time every Monday night. So um, if you don't, if you're wondering where to normally find us, that's when you can normally find this live. Otherwise, we release all our episodes, our main episode, every Wednesday morning, and it's usually out before I even get up in the morning. So It's true. So yeah, you can catch it there if you can't catch us live. Definitely check out all of our, our shows because the more the merrier. Uh, if yes. you can get in live, that's even better because we like mass participation. Absolutely. Beto, I haven't heard from you in a while. Beto says, happy Valentine's Day from the ATF. I know exactly what this post is that you because I shared this post. Uh, the ATF basically said, if you have an ex-boyfriend that uh, has yes. illegal guns, turn them into us. Yeah. This, that would be the best Valentine's gift for yourself. <laughs> would that not be <laughs> shitty, though? Oh, no doubt. So, so I had commented my... Uh, my poem, my Valentine's poem was uh, "Roses are red, violets are blue, snitches get 
you know the rest. <laughs> That's what I post on Twitter because I didn't want to get taken down for sure. like uh, threatening violence. But snitches do get stitches, so don't yeah. turn in you. Even if your ex boyfriend's an asshole, don't turn him in for illegal guns because that just makes things worse for the yeah, rest of us. And that makes you an asshole. Well, it just make, make don't don't let them make you into an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it is. Uh, Valentine's Day. It's as, it is. also my mom's birthday. So oh. happy birthday, mom! Happy You're the best Valentine's to gift to me, mom. Is you? So Aww. yes. Um, I don't know if she's listening or, or not. She'll probably jump in You'll at find some point. Out. I'll, she'll probably go looking for us at like seven o'clock. And she's yeah. like, "Oh, on my birthday, I missed <laughs> missed it." So so we'll see. Today is going to be interesting. Today we are talking really controversial, in my opinion. I've actually yeah. I've actually considered whether or not we should ever talk about this topic sure. just because we're two white dudes. Right. Um, and that topic is critical race theory. But I came to the conclusion that, you know, our show is all about being able to, people should be able to talk freely about what Absolutely. they want. It's not like we're going to uh, be a bunch of fucking racists or be right. like bigots or whatever and say, hey, you guys shouldn't worry about anything and grow up or something. It's not. Right. That's not what we're here to do. We just feel that all topics should be on the table for discussion. And as we've always said, we are not experts in anything. We are wrong a lot of the time, I feel. So if if we get something wrong, definitely let us know. If you know somebody that um, is really an expert in this area, let us know. We'll hit them up sometime and, yeah. and, and talk to them about it because we don't know a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, most of the things we talk about are things that we're like, you know, this needs to be talked about. So we do our research on it, and then we present our views or our arguments, or sometimes we don't even come to conclusions on our own. We're just like, right. yeah. I don't know, this is just a thing. What do you we think? We just get the information out there, and again, it's up to you to come up with your own conclusions. Oh, my mom is here. Happy birthday, Mom. She didn't miss it after all. <laughs> Fact Check Podcast says, well, damn, that's what I was here for. What are you here for? Which part? Uh, saying happy birthday to my mom or um, us us talking, being a bunch of racists and bigots, because that's probably more likely what you're here for. But we're going to try not to be, I'm sure, just the, the phrase yeah. uh, critical race theory is going to get us tagged as racist because, again, right. we're two white dudes trying to figure this out together. But shouldn't two white dudes be trying to figure this out together? Well, it, you know, it's one of those, race is one of those things that people are typically afraid to talk about unless you're you're an angry you know, minority. And if you come across it from any other direction, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. So, and again, as you said, people should be able to talk about anything. They should be able to talk about this. They should be able to get the information and make their own opinions. Right. Uh, I think uh, another big thing that I want to point out today is critical race theory has been uh, hijacked from both sides mm. and used to over-politicize all things because... Uh, if we get into this, we might find that there's some things in the actual critical race theory that we probably agree with. Sure. Like, for example, the United States being built on the back of slaves. Yes, the United States was built. Like, we can't d even deny that. Right. But then it's been taken to the extremes on both sides of, of the fence and used for political gain or whatever other agendas. Maybe even maybe we'll even get into some globalist agendas. We don't ever do that on this show. No, no, we try to stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, before we get in this show, we got we to gotta do our due diligence. And uh, first of all, uh, remind you of our new t-shirt design that's out there. Speaking of globalist agendas, um, we have this new t-shirt because 
We've come to the conclusion we don't want to eat crickets down the road. When no, I, I decided that when I was four. <laughs> I decided, I think I was 19 and I was yeah. helping out in like a, a youth event thing. And they did like, this was back in the days of Fear Factor when it was really big. When mm. Joe Rogan, was Joe Rogan the Fear Factor guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when he, it was during Joe Rogan's Fear Factor days, not Joe Rogan, uh, the angry racist podcast guy. Right. Um, so we did this Fear Factor thing at this youth event. And I was one of the helpers at it, and we were, we had the the feeder crickets. We didn't go find oh, okay, dirty, yeah. disgusting cre- yeah. crickets. We went to the pet store and got like the clean, the clean, oh, okay. the green crickets. I, I didn't realize the uh, ones at the pet store were like. like I'm just sanitized. I'm just hoping they are because I ate, a, <laughs> well, I ate it was several a of them. Long time ago. I'm one of those guys. Like, um, I'm gonna show somebody up. Especially like these youth kids that are like, oh, nobody would ever do that, and I'm just like popping these crickets. Yeah. It, it was disgusting, absolutely no, no, disgusting. I but that. I wasn't going to show that. Yeah. I was, I mean, I'm going to one up them. Yeah. But there are people in the world that think the world would be a better place if we stopped eating steak and we ate a delicious diet of cricket protein or mealworms. And we don't want that. No, I don't. No, I don't. I can't want speak for you, but I don't want. No, that. no, no. Look at this face. Does this look like a cricket eater? So we've decided. We've formed. Decided to form what we deem the anti-cricket brigade, and we—I mean, this is the hill I will oh, yeah. die on. Oh no, we will march on Washington. And so we get—we got T-shirts to commemorate this. If you want to be a member of the anti-cricket brigade, you can pick up this T-shirt that says, "If you're listening and you're not watching, um, I'll try to explain this as best as I can." It's a picket sign, like you'd see at like a, mm-hmm. a protest or something, and it says, "I won't eat your bugs" with a cricket with a, like a no sign through it. And then it says, proud member of the anti-cricket brigade. So if you don't believe yeah. in a healthy diet, green diet of eating crickets, join the anti-cricket brigade. You can pick up this T-shirt, and your membership goes with buying the T-shirt at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. And you can find a link to that also at our website, which is breakthebellpod.com. Get the shirt, join the brigade, join the movement, and say no to... Crickets. Yes. Can, can we inform? Can we do like PP or something like that? Like people pee-pee. against the ethical treatment of PP. I don't know if I of, like of bugs. <laughs> I don't know if I like PP. As... No, no, PB. Oh, PP. I thought you said <laughs> no. Our new acronym is PP. <laughs> Join PP today. Yes. No, I don't want your PP either. No. <laughs> let, so, let our PP come to you. <laughs> so support us by and support yourself by joining the anti cricket brigade and purchasing that T shirt. And other shirts, all our other merch at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Also, obviously, we got to mention our sponsors out there, which is Run Your Mouth Coffee at rymcoffee.com. We mentioned, I mentioned a couple minutes ago, we feel like people need to, not just should be able to, but need to be able to just have their cards on the table and Mm -hmm. talk about any topic without fear of uh, people... Uh, censoring them or berating them or calling them racist or whatever. And RYM Coffee, Run Your Mouth Coffee, was kind of founded on that premise. Premises. Premises? Premise. 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 Um, It's a coffee company. They make delicious coffee, and they support your right to be able to say whatever the hell you want and have whatever conversations you want to uh, in a meaningful manner without fear of being censored. So you can pick that up at rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using that promo code BREAKTHEBELL. That's all one word and you'll get 10% off your purchase plus free shipping. You'll get delicious coffee. You'll support free speech and we'll all be happy for it. Very nice. Got anything to say about that? It's good stuff. 
Uh, fact check, this podcast says supposedly chocolate-covered ants are delicious. I I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean... Maybe we should get a pack that you can try. <laughs> there you, yeah, well, you record yourself eating them, and we will play it on our show. Um, so, like I said, go to rwamcoffee.com. Uh, I'm not going to buy into this bullshit that chocolate-covered ants are delicious either. No, I think no. that's all agenda-driven, and it's yeah. just people like, oh, yes, it's it's so delicious. you got to try it. No, we, we should do an experiment where we get one person who just eats bugs yes, like for a month, and then person who get just eats red meat, and just see and in it, what condition they are at the yeah. end of the month. Is there enough crickets in the world to sustain I, 7 billion people? No, Maybe that's part so. of the agenda. Like yeah, could be. People, people start dying off because they're starving to death because they've been eating crickets. Yes, they can't be very filling. We have to get into this show. Make sure you check us out all over the social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what's the one you're on now? Gitter? Oh, Gitter, yeah. Yeah, I'm on Gitter. Gitter. I just haven't looked at it yet. I've been um, posting our links on there. All over the place. Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time. If you spend a lot of time on some of these alternate platforms, let us know, and we'll spend more time there, too. We're trying to space ourselves out accordingly because yes. we're only two people and there's a lot and there's a lot of them out there now so uh check us out all over social media most of them the handle is break the bell pod at break the bell pod if it's not that then you can just look up break the bell podcast on any of them yeah. and you'll find us so uh check us out share us all around uh tell people about us tell your friends your family your wives give your wife the valentine's gift of this podcast we're gonna get into the show sounds good we're gonna talk about Critical race theory. We're going to attempt to talk about critical race theory. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a pretty good job, hopefully. So we'll be right back in just a minute. Check out this intro video, and then we'll be back. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What are you saying? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, we're back. And again, this is a daytime version of this. So we get to deal with Bill sitting on his phone while we are getting back into this. You need to. You need to take a second. All right, Bill's gonna step out for a second, which is fine. Um, we'll get him back in here when he gets back in here. So we'll make this shit happen anyway. So, like I mentioned in the in the pre-show there, that we are going to attempt to talk about critical race theory. And again, this is a topic that I've kind of been pushing off for a while now because. First of all, everybody blows it out of proportion. Everybody's screaming about it, and I don't like screaming about things. I like to come at things from a rational point of view, which is very is something that's not very common these days. 
um, is discussing things rationally. It's usually like, well, uh, you're you're a freaking racist if you don't believe this, or you're just uh, anti-white, or you're anti-black, or you're whatever, whatever. It's just a bunch of shit slinging all over the place, and so we like to talk things through rationally and maybe come to conclusions of our own, maybe just decide, hey, this is something that we, we need to spend a little more time on and, and think about and come up with something or just throw it out the window because it's stupid. And in some cases, some of the some of the things we've talked about, we get to the end, it's just like, yeah, yeah I don't know if I believe that or not. Uh, we just like to be able to talk about things. So let me get rid of this music. Hopefully Bill gets back here soon because I didn't plan on doing this solo, but I will if I have to. Uh, so, the reason why, like, this has been popping up all over the news, this critical race theory, um, all over the place, and the reason I'm pretty sure, like, 99% positive is because we got midterm elections coming up. And with midterm elections coming up, everybody is going to find whatever they can to sling at the other side. And I'll, there, I think there was, like, 35 states on the books right now that have these anti-CRT uh, critical race theory laws uh, being proposed for the upcoming elections. And I'm sure people are going to use critical race theory on their for their platforms, or on the other side, people are going to use anti-critical race theory on their platforms to get their sides all riled up like, like they like to do with any topic, really. So... So they're going to use that going into the midterm elections. So like I said, we got all these states that have critical race theory on the on the docket. We got like 35 states, I, I'm pretty sure is what it said, that are either pushing for critical race theory in the classrooms or um, pushing to ban critical race theory in the classrooms. So the big topic right now is like K through 12. Do we need critical race theory in the classrooms? So I'm going to get into this article. I'll wait for I'll start reading this and when Bill pops in, he can he can jump in. So I got this article from mississippitoday.org because Mississippi is one of the ones that is really um pushing to I think they're pushing to ban critical race theory. So this article is titled Critical Race Theory in Mississippi Explained. So this hopefully will give us a little bit of an idea of what what critical race theory is. If it doesn't, then um, I've got plenty of resources that we can dig into that will explain critical race theory. So it says, critical race theory in Mississippi explained. It says, what is critical race theory? According to the NW, NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, critical race theory is an academic framework used to analyze racism's systemic impact on society. Critical race theory focuses on the social, political, and economic intersections with race and institutions that continue to oppress marginalized people. Initially constructed for legal analysis at its core, CRT has roots back to the late 1900s, spearheaded by notable black legal scholars. So why is it so controversial, it says. CRT was founded on generations of black scholarship and activism, but Republican politicians have denounced the theory and continue to mischaracterize it as a way to divide students or introduce racism into the classroom. So, so basically, we've got critical race theory. That is this theory that basically 
analyzes, from what this is saying, analyzes how racism has impacted our society. And it, it's not just like how uh, we got a handful of bigots or Trump supporters out there that that um, that are part of society. No, it's like how racism is at the core of our society, at the, the, the founding of our society. So it is uh, intertwined in all of society. And this the systemic racism that just affects every part of society and how it works and how it moves and how it functions, it was all built on on racism. So obviously, we're still seeing this impact of this racism based on that, uh, according to them anyway. So it says, CRT was founded on generations of black scholarship and activism, but Republican politicians have denounced the theory and continue to mischaracterize it as a way to divide students and introduce racism into the classroom. At last year's Neshoba County Fair, Reeves gave a speech which included this. Some of these Ivy League liberals are the dumbest smart people in the world. So if you ever want to have a like a rational conversation with somebody, it's always best to start out with, these people are dumbasses. I mean, that that's going to allow you to connect in the middle and figure out what the fuck's going on, figure out what uh, the other person stands for. Let's start out, let's introduce this by saying some of these people are the dumbest smart people in the world. That's always a fantastic idea when you want to debate something. It says, in what world is it okay to teach children that they are born racist? In what world is it okay to tell children they will be judged by the color of their skin and not the content of their character? In Mississippi, our kids should be learning STEM education, not DEM education. Oh, my God. So you see how this is becoming a, po- a politicized thing immediately. Like, it's not a, hey, uh, let, let's go over these, these concepts and see where we agree, see where we don't agree. No, it's, oh, that's a Democrat thing. That's just a, that's just a left-wing uh, wokeism thing. Let's, let's not talk about this. Let's not discuss this. I mean— th- they might be right. They might be um, right in assuming, hey, this is just racism being introduced to our students. But when you when you start things off that way, then immediately the whole concept of debate goes out the window. It says fellow critics of CRT cite similar claims of divisiveness, but people well versed in critical race theory repeatedly emphasize the systemic analysts analysis that it operates on. That is, CRT focuses on the entirety of the system, not the individual. Instead, the individual's place in that system. So it's not people that are racist. It's the system is racist. The system was built on racism. Therefore, everybody that participates in this racist system has some sort of version of racism in them because they're part of the system. Oh, man, I keep getting uh, spam, spam comments that are, are blowing up on, on the comment section there. If you have something real to say, tell these spam guys to shut the fuck up, first of all. So it says, the message is getting lost in translation if it's being boiled down to supposedly teaching white children that they're born racist with a personal and active hand in oppressing their peers of color. So they're, they're saying this is getting watered down. This is getting uh, watered down on the right to just be, hey, they're teaching our kids that white, teaching white kids that they're racist. And it's so much more than just teaching 
white kids that they're racist. If that's the case, if it's so much more than that, then debate it. Come out and have these conversations with, with people. Like, explain this shit. Critical race theory started out as a college-level study. Like, I, I'm not talking just, like, community college. We're talking, like, grad-level grad, grad level studies. This stuff is, uh, from what they say, it's so complex, and there's so much complexity to it that um, economic scholars are studying it, and and all these, like, graduate-level people, like, you know, the people that are way smarter than us. So if you're trying to introduce that into, like, a K-12 K through 12 level then obviously you're going to have to dumb it down. You're going to have to water it down for these kids to understand. And when it gets watered down to a certain point, then yes, I can see how that would come up as, come off as, you know, we're just teaching kids that their whiteness is racism and racism is their whiteness. and Because this is stuff that's been studied for 30, 40 years at high academic levels. And, and we're trying to dumb it down to kids. Maybe this isn't something that we should be teaching kids if non-college-educated people don't understand the point of critical race theory, then how do we expect the kids to understand it or come off as not feeling like they are wrong in some way just because they're white? Maybe uh, maybe the, the right has a point. Maybe we should just be focusing on the basics for the kids, like the STEM, whatever they called them, the, the basic education, the basic class, and not throwing all the shit at them. Maybe build an environment where racism is not a concept in the class. Build that um, welcoming environment for all races, or all races, all races, and show them how to live instead, like teach them how to live instead of throw these things into their mushy brains, teaching them that the entire country was built on this concept that white, white people exploited black people. I mean, that's, that's not a K through 12, maybe, maybe a high school level stuff. Get into that with economics or get into that with uh, like sociology or something. That's, that's maybe the level to talk about this stuff. But early age shouldn't we be more focused on teaching kids to read teaching kids how to just get along with each other and and work together and wouldn't that be more beneficial to uh countering racist policies or racist tendencies in kids is just teaching them to be together as people that people are people. But even saying people are people these days is is a race is considered a racist concept. And I'm going to get into this that um there's this whole segment of people that believe critical race theory that believe that the people that say they're colorblind they're actually just racist like perpetuating the system because to be colorblind means you're ignoring the problems that are going on with people of colors to say that you're colorblind um you you're basically turning a blind eye to the the inequalities of people of other races so so you can't even say you're colorblind you can't say hey we're all just people anymore um but race is people things shouldn't be determined on race but we can't just say i don't see races because that's racist again this is me coming from 
my ignorant white male perception. I, I, I guess I'll admit that. Like, I don't, I don't experience what a person of color experiences. I don't. I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. I, I will be the first to admit that. No, I don't know what it's like. No, I, I don't understand what, it's, what it would be like to be in those shoes. I wonder if Bill's coming back today or if he just bailed on me. But to say that people saying they're colorblind is in some way also a form of racism, I mean, that just, I mean, it blows my mind because that's, that's what we were taught growing up in that, and that's how they taught you to not be racist, supposedly. But apparently that just perpetuates this, this unequal system because uh, then we don't, allow ourselves, because we don't allow ourselves to see color, then we don't allow ourselves to see the mistreatment of people of color. Then it becomes not a society thing. It becomes a, um, Bill's back, so I lost my train of thought. becomes not a society thing. Then it becomes like an individual, like people responsible for their own shitty things, not the system is responsible for people being shitty. How's it going, Bill? It's been quiet all day. I, sit I told down you. And all of a sudden, bam, we get an emergency call. I told you that's how yes. it would be. And so uh, I'm sorry. I, I, where are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Let me get you pulled up on the screen. No, um, I ran through this article because I had said that midterms are coming up. So you're yes. starting to see these articles pop up. Of, I think there was like 35 states that have like um, banning CRT. Okay. In, in the schools and stuff, mm-hmm. on their dockets for up for vote and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is why this is becoming a, a major topic mm-hmm. going through this. And um, the, <clears throat> I only got through this first article, and basically it was talking about Mississippi, and um, I got halfway through it. It was basically explained critical race theory, which gotcha. you know what that is, yeah. and, and saying that, uh, like, basically it's— not people that are racist, it's the racist system that people are part of, which sure. inherently makes them racist by, right. by nature. Yes. Yeah. And then I, I was saying that, um, I was talking about how, and I'm, we'll get into this more, but how sure. it's almost wrong to, it's not almost, it's wrong to say that you're colorblind now, because right. if you don't see color, then you don't see the inequalities right. of you're people part of, of the color. Problem. Yes. So yeah. that that's where I got with that. But, um, and it's important to, to, uh, realize like in, in the parental arguments against the school boards or against the the politicians who want to push through CRT um a good number of them are african american mm-hmm. because they they see the fact that this is a divisive it, it, it absolutely is divisive so. and we see where it's becoming more divisive as politics come it get right. thrown into yeah. it or as uh the the nation gets split polarized then we're using everything we can to mm-hmm. further polarize us yeah and uh, what I was saying is um, a lot of parents in these states that are pushing against critical race theory think it's more important to focus on, like, the STEM, like the right. basic education. And I was saying how isn't it more beneficial to, like, it, that these are, like, graduate-level studies is what right. critical race theory was. Right. And so— uh, this article basically says uh, the Republicans are kind of dumbing this down and watering this down and only take – it's like, but you are trying to take a grad-level study yeah. and put it into elementary school, right. so it's going to have to get dumbed down. And so right. what's that going to come across to a child? Right. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it more beneficial to teach them how to play together? Mm-hmm. 
then right. teach them that, hey, uh, you're always going to be less than him because he is white and his people said, like, built a society that you're... Yeah, I right. mean, who's that making feel bad? Not right. just the white kid, right. but it's also going to make the black kid you, feel you're bad. Never gonna, you're never going to move past the past. You're never going to heal that, that those wounds if you're always looking back and being like, but remember what he did that one time? Yeah, or his ancestors. You knew, know what his ancestors did, right? right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I'm going to read a little more on this article now that you're back. It says, currently Mississippi... Uh, it says, is this being taught in Mississippi schools? And it says, currently Mississippi has only one class explicitly about CRT called Critical Race Theory Law 743 taught at University of Mississippi. Education reporter Molly Minto wrote about the class in an article titled Inside Mississippi's Only Class on R Critical Race Theory to tell the story of young Republican woman who wrote to her lawmakers criticizing their decision to move anti-CRT legislation forward after taking the class. Mississippi Department of Education confirms that CRT is not being taught in K-12 public institutes in the state. If SB 2113 is passed into law, Mississippi will join at least 14 other states. So it's not as many as I thought, but still, mm -hmm. 14 other states banning or otherwise limiting critical race theory in public schools. Well, some of these schools are basically saying, because Republicans are trying to push like 11 different measures through. And the only right. one that actually got on the docket was this one that says the legislation is vague but would prohibit distinction or classification of students based on account of race. And I don't see a problem yeah. with that. I guess that's just because that's how we were raised. Right. That's our colorblindness and our perpetuating the system because we're colorblind, I guess. Right. But I, <laughs> I guess... I mean, tell me, correct us if we're wrong. It, it doesn't seem problematic to me to say, hey, uh, public schools cannot distinct or classify students based on race. Right. Do you see a problem with that? No, not at all. Well, it will, yeah. the people who wrote this article find a problem with that. Right. The people that are pushing critical race theory find a problem but, with that. You know, but we aren't the only ones that are saying that, though. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, we talked uh, the, over the weekend wrap-up about the, the Super Bowl with Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy and how they were saying, you know, like, we will have moved further as a country when we can say that we're two good coaches— mm -hmm rather than saying we're two black coaches, mm -hmm. you know? And so th there's a desire for, for many people on both sides, on all sides, to just want to be seen as... People. The people, and as as their what their merit is. Their accomplishments. Right, exactly, not, not... and not be like, wow, you know, you're a really good coach for a black guy. I mean, yeah. that just well, doesn't make sense. That's kind of what we... I mean, we've said it over and over about, like, Kamala Harris or the Supreme Court nominee. It's just like, how would that make you feel if you... Yeah. Thought if there was even the slightest thought that you only got this job because you were a black female. Yeah. yeah. Not based on your accomplishments, not based on what you've done in your life, mm. but because your color or your your yeah. gender. Yeah. And, and likewise, it, you know, this is uh, Black History Month, you know, and I always go back to that interview with Morgan Freeman when they're like, you know, you know, what are your thoughts about Black History Month? And he's like, I don't recognize it because how are you going to put my history into one month? Yeah. I mean, it's true. You know. And it's all... <laughs> That ends up being all the, uh, um, like the commercialization, like glomming yeah. onto it, and um, uh, just trying to sell products based on yeah. Black history. You right. know, yeah. trying to sound like the woke company, so yeah, you, exactly. so you can sell a product, not yeah. because you actually freaking care. Because yeah. how many minorities have been pulled out of like poverty because of those freaking corporations right. doing those commercials? Right. Exactly. Why don't you put that money somewhere else instead of make a big freaking ordeal on a commercial? Why yeah. don't you take that money 
and like put it in some kind of foundation to actually yeah. prop up minorities in, instead of right. trying to sell your own Invest damn product. in the community, right? right? So this next article is from ABC. This is the one I really want to uh, focus on for a few minutes. It's titled, Critical Race Theory Thrust into Spotlight by Misinformation. So you know it's going to be good when they throw Absolutely. out the M word, misin- misinformation or fake news. I don't think people say fake news much anymore no. now that Trump's gone because yeah. Trump overused it. It's he like, did. Uh, it's like they can't even type it without hearing his voice. It's like thrust in the spotlight by fake news. Damn it, I can't do that. <laughs> Ugh. So, so they changed it to misinformation. Yeah. So this is the one that says at least 35 states have introduced anti-CRT legislation. So I knew I got that number from someone. Yeah, okay. Oh, there's George Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. So this says uh, critical race theory is a buzzword that at the center of a that is at the center of a heated debate on what children learn in classrooms. The only problem, what does it mean? Some parents and Republican legislators. I don't think it's just Republicans. No. It's Again, not. it's like you said. There are people on all all sides that see how this can yeah. be potentially be a problem. So some parents and Republican legislators. Say educators are indoctrinating students with certain lessons on race that makes students feel discomfort or shame. And I'm going to I'm going to rebut this real quick, rebuttal this, refute this, whatever. I have no problem feeling a little uncomfortable about shitty things. They make it sound like, oh, white people just don't want to feel a little bit of discomfort in the classroom. They want to feel like somebody's patting them on. No, that I don't feel like that. That's right. not why I'm against this. Yeah. That's not why I don't think most people are against this. Says so they say critical race theory seeks to blame white students for the actions of people in the past and teach that the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist. It's not what they say. That is literally what critical race theory yeah. says. Right. They say the United States is fundamentally racist. Yeah. That's what systemic racism means is right. the United States is fundamentally racist. Racist. Right. So when they say, oh, all these Republicans say that uh, uh, this is just to teach people that the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist. Well, that's because that's fucking what it is. Right. Critical race theorists, educators and some parents say that some opponents are actively distorting what the theory is in order to reverse progress made in diversity and racial equity. They say it's a way to rile up voters in a collective fight against perceived reverse discrimination. So it's basically like, oh, they're just saying this to so we go back to the 1960s and throw out the, um, the civil rights right. laws and stuff. Yes, but critical race theorists, like the top critical race theorists, the one that like founded critical race theory, thought that even the civil rights movement was problematic because mm-hmm. it just kind of put a bandaid on things, or right. it's what made us coined the phrase colorblind where we but but things continue to to perpetuate right while we're just turning a blind eye to it now so um no abc news has hasn't really looked too in depth into critical race theory themselves to be no. reporting on this if they think oh it's just white people want to go back and reverse uh civil rights laws no right. uh the the critical race theorists don't agree with the civil rights laws yeah it says the theory isn't being taught in K through 12 classrooms, but rather in law schools and higher education courses. As a result, attempts to teach race, diversity, and systemic racism, no matter the scope or context, are being villainized in public schools. A react, uh, reaction experts say against people of color speaking up for civil rights. 
this is fucking stupid. This is this this is just so stupid it is. to put people so shallow that yeah. they, oh no, they're just throwing the big scary CRT word out there so we can uh push back against any form of teaching of diversity or race right. or systemic racism. And that's not what's happening. No. Because they've been teaching diversity and teaching about race at least since the seventies. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's never been anything where anybody's ever pushed back on. I'm sure I'm sure it happened back in the day, but most of the people today aren't just saying, oh, and anytime they're like, uh, there's racism in America, they're like, oh, that's critical race theory. Well, and, and no one's saying, hey, look, I really rather you not talk about you know slavery or Jim Crow laws because it makes my kid feel bad. Mm-mm. You know, nobody's saying that. They're just saying that you're taking it too far. Well, when you get schools, there are reported schools that are making white kids apologize to black right. kids for yeah. their their. Their history. I'm, what, again, what yeah. is that doing? Right. Not only to the white kid, but what's that doing to the black kid? Yeah. Right. I mean, first of all, it'd be fucking embarrassing as a kid well, yeah. to go through that. Right. Yeah. Be traumatizing on yeah. both sides, I would think. Yeah. Because first of all, the white kid has to admit that he's the problem because his parents were inherently yeah. right. racist. Uh, secondly, the black kid's the problem because he's black and he's going to always be less in this society. Here, he's never going to be up at that par right with white he, he's people. always he's going always going to be looked at as again the past yes right in a in the opposite lane is what the white kid would be seen as yeah so and I, I i find it hilarious that they say it's not being taught in k through 12 then why the hell do you care if all these states mm-hmm. are pushing to ban it right. in k through 12 yeah if it's not being taught and they come up with a law against teaching it who cares yeah if it, I mean, it's, I doubt that they have a kindergarten class titled <laughs> Critical Race Theory. Right, yeah. But I guarantee you, based on some of these reports of some of these schools, that the concept of critical race theory is bleeding into the coursework of these students. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because these teachers, you know, that are coming out of college, mm-hmm. they're inundated with it, right? I mean, it's slammed into them. And so, obviously, it's going to be part of their curriculum and their course studies, even in you know, accidentally, mm-hmm. it, they, it can't help to, because that's what they want to. They're, that's what they're taught to push on to their kids. Right. Says controversy. Says where the debate began. Controversy over critical race theory took shape in 2020, following months of calls for racial equality and anti-racism efforts. So that's where it blew back up. And, and I have a the real, George Floyd stuff. Right. And I have a real problem with anti-racism. I do too. Racism, racism on it. Right. Like they say, you can't can't be racist towards. White people. Racism is just basically the mistreatment well, of a certain race. Well, anti-racism takes it to the next level. It's not just not being racist. It's it's actively actively pushing against right, racism. Right, yes, exactly. And if you are like, not actively, to a militant degree, if you're not actively anti-racist, then you're racist. Right. Even if you're you're not, you yeah. can't just not be racist. You right. have to be. You have to be giving money to an organization. Or, you have yeah. to be investing in a, a black neighborhood. You have to. Throwing rocks at Nazis. Right, exactly. Or, you know, someone's wearing a white T-shirt, you know, you have to throw mud on it. It's just ridiculous. It says many industries and institutions vowed to respond to calls for a racial reckoning. For some, that meant implementing lessons on diversity and oppression to improve... My mic thing is getting really creaky. Hear that? Uh, For some, that meant implementing lessons on diversity and oppression to improve equity in the workplace and schools. In September... Don, uh, then President Donald Trump responded by banning any diversity training for the federal workforce. 
that included lessons on white privilege or critical race theory. I like how they started with any diversity training yeah. that included the words white supremacy or critical race theory. No, he banned critical race theory from diversity training. Right. He didn't ban diversity training in the workforce. He banned critical race theory in diversity training in the federal workforce. Mm. So I, I, you always got to look how reporters word things because they, they put the things at the front or in the important spots that they want you to get. They're like, oh, yeah, shit, President Trump banned diversity training in the right. workforce? Yeah. I remember doing uh, diversity training in the workforce. How could he ban that? No, he didn't ban critical or uh, diversity training. No. He banned this concept of critical race theory in the workforce. <laughs> I like the, the blatantly white Karen that yeah, they show right. on the image. Shouting. Says the White House directed federal agencies to cease and desist funding for race and diversity training, according to their memo. Um, it says, according to the memo, OMB Director Russell Vought said the certain racial bias training efforts are un-American and divisive and that Trump wanted to end it. Blah, blah, blah. This is so anti-Trump because they have nothing better to talk about. Um, I like this Christopher Rufo guy. Look into some of his stuff because he's like the most outspoken anti-critical race okay. theory guy says the anti-critical race theory movement gained traction when Christ Christopher Rufo, a conservative activist and reporter began amplifying reports and allegations in 2020 against agencies and schools that held training on white privilege, anti-racism and how white people perpetuate systems of oppression. He appeared on Fox news to discuss his findings shortly before Trump declared his attacks on the theory. So he's where all this came from apparently. Okay. He told ABC News in an interview, all children should be protected by civil rights laws. Yeah. I feel like we can all agree on that. I think so. I mean, I, I feel like that's not super um, ultra-right-wing neo-Nazi rhetoric right. there, that all children should be protected yeah. by civil rights laws. And it says, if teachers are using their power to scapegoat, stereotype, demean, or abuse them, that should stop. Yeah. Again, I feel like that's... That's reasonable to yeah. ask. Hey, stop uh, demeaning children. Stop uh, um, insulting children or making them feel like they're the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's that's tra traumatizing for a student yeah. to be told, you know what, you're a fucking problem because you're a racist. Yeah. You're a racist or, uh, because or you were born. That they, because they're born, they have extra privilege that maybe another kid in the class might not right. have. And I'm going to get into some of the, the reports of things that they've done in these classes mm -hmm. that would be freaking traumatizing for a kid. Yeah. says, everyone supports teaching a full, accurate, and honest account of American history. Critical race theory is not historic discipline. We're not fighting about history. We're fighting to restrict abusive practices that violate the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, it goes on and on and on. We got a lot to cover, but some of the things this article talks about is um, the fight to restrict abusive practices, which is some of the things that like this, Mar this Rufo guy mm. is talking about. He, he goes on to say, We'll eventually turn it toxic as we put all of the various cultural insanities under the, that brand category. The goal is to have the public read something crazy in a newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. Yeah. And I feel like they're trying to say that his goal, his goal is to uh, make people immediately go to critical race theory and blow us out of proportion. But gotcha. it sounds to me like he's saying this is going to turn toxic and that's going to be everybody's perception of everything racist. 
But that's what like ABC News or these other resources are saying. Oh, all Republicans just think any diversity or any racist training is immediately critical race theory, right. and and they just don't want. They just want to roll back that train. No, that's that's not what at least we're asking. No, right. And I don't feel like what most of the world is asking. It says reshaping critical race theory. Uh, CRT scholars say is a discipline that seeks to understand how racism has shaped U.S. laws and how those laws have continued to impact the lives of non-white people. Justin Hansford, a law professor at Howard University, says critical race theorists, as most philosophers, have many different analyses concerning racism in the U.S. There isn't one way of teaching or looking at things. This campaign thrives on caricature on often distorting altogether both scholarship and K-12 through educators' efforts at accurate and inclusive educating, deeming it uh, wholly inappropriate for schools. So, basically, they're saying, still saying that they want all diversity training out because of this critical race theory, theory and stuff. And I'm sure there are people out there, like I said, we're overly polarizing this topic. Right, absolutely. And there's probably stuff on both sides there's good people on both sides um, that we can find like right. common ground on this. Absolutely, yeah. And again, when we've talked in the past that the English language is so far separated between the far right and the far left mm-hmm. that we can't even have logical conversations in the middle because we're not even fucking speaking the same right. language. Yeah. What did we? What did we say? Like seventy percent of the language is common now, yeah. and thirty percent is like we're thirty percent of English words mean something. So Severely different from one side to the on other. One, yes, yeah. Between and that was just an analysis of like uh, MSNBC versus like Fox News or like right. two polarizing yeah. uh, n- news networks. They mm-hmm. just analyze two polarizing news networks or all the polarized ne- mm. and determine that thirty percent of our language means something totally different. Yeah. So it's easy for people to look at a study like this. Mm. And start screaming about what this is or isn't or should be or what people think this yeah. is because we're not speaking the same fucking language. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the very conception of, of history is is totally different between the two sides. Yes. You know? So this article goes on to say that critical race theory has been made into the new boogeyman of the right. And I, I can see where that's a yeah. valid statement. Like, anything that comes up, well, they're just crit- critical race theorists, so... uh Let's let's shut that down. Or on the other side, uh, they're just uh, racist, or they they don't support some kind of diversity training. I, yeah, I don't know. The final thing I I wanted in that article was they said not seeing color is ignoring the truth, and that's what I was talking about. How being colorblind kind of perpetuates this thing. Right. What's your opinion of that? Not seeing color, not seeing color is ignoring the truth. And that gets I, into what you're saying about anti-racism. Like, right. it's not good enough to say you're colorblind or just say, hey, I'm not racist because I don't see colors. You yeah. have, like, you're ignoring what's right. really going on. You know, when I was a kid, I remember playing Star Wars with some friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a young kid down the street, Matt. He was, uh, he was a black kid. And we're playing Star Wars. And, you know, I was like, look, you know, I'm Han Solo because I got brown hair. You're Luke because you got blonde hair, and you're Lando because you're black, right? I mean, <laughs> right. but I mean that's just the way as a kid you see it, right? right. And and now someone would be like, well, you know, why does he have to be right. Han Solo, right? And well, but that's how kids look at things is in the terms of you know, obviously I have brown hair, 
I'm Han Solo. You know, you're yeah. you're black. Obviously, you look you like these be, characters. That kid's Harry, so obviously he's Chewbacca. You know, I mean, but yeah, yeah that you look at that's so. But I, I I don't think kids actually look at you know that oh well that kid's really different from me because he he's black. You no. know, and and so the fact that they're they're now taking that and saying well you're very different from each other, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think you're you're doing damage to children. I do too, and. To say that by saying you don't see color is ignoring, I don't think that's ignoring the problems that people of color are yeah. going through. Yeah, exactly. I don't, because I think you can be like, oh, we're all just people and still be like, oh, we're all just people and you're just a person, so you shouldn't be treated like that. Right, right. And I, I guess the whole point I, I think I mentioned before you got back was they're taking it. Like, they're saying people that own, that say they're colorblind are just seeing the problem as an individualistic thing. Like, right. no, that's just a bad, like a shitty person, or that's just a racist, or that's just a yeah. neo-Nazi or whatever. When in reality, they're, according to them, it's not an individualistic thing. It's a, or a systemic thing. It's the mm-hmm. system that's the problem, and we're part of the system, therefore we're part of the problem. And you right. can't just fix it by weeding out the bad eggs. you got to break the system and change it well it it starts with having an actual conversation you know and and they're not allowing that to happen mm-hmm. because kids can't ask honest questions that they may have about this stuff because mm-hmm. they're made to look you know like you said you know they're automatically out of the gate have privilege they they're racist you know because their their grandparents were I mean, so there, there's no honest um, conversation happening because there's already the this this preconceived notions on both sides and so you know it doesn't matter you know two you know 10 kids of all various diversities can't come together and have a conversation Mm -hmm. with a teacher you know manipulate or not manipulating um um litigating it because the the teacher's like oh but but your people did put them into slavery you know your your people did uh get pass on smallpox you know i mean so or to come at it with a view like, well, you can't have an opinion on this because you're white. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, well, yeah. What do you have to say about this? You're white. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. How does that? Yeah. Help you're you're at the top the con- of the 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 chain, so you you don't get an opinion. But then, how does that help the conversation? It because doesn't. if you actually want us to understand where you're coming from, but yeah. we can't give our reason for not understanding, then nothing helps, and there's yeah. no solution. And the whole problem I have with critical race theory is. Even the the fathers of critical race theory basically said, there's no solution. Right. If there's no solution, then what's the fucking answer? Yeah, right. And that's what they're coming from. It's just a system thing. There's no solution to this. And it's just and, like— And I disagree like you're just, with that. You're just fucking an entire race yourself. Yeah, right. Like, who's the racist in that situation if you say, uh, nothing's ever going to change because the system is pegged against right. you— Yeah. So you're never going to make it. And it, it's always as long as long as you know as long as this race is, is has the majority is and is charged, nothing's ever going to change. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know when we were talking about Chad and we had that video clip of that one lady walking through saying, "Hey, we just need to flip the whole thing and burn the whole thing down and start over from scratch with us making the cho- decisions." Yes, and I'm going to get into a little bit of that too because that kind of ties into the second half where I'm going to tie this to the more like globalist agenda of this. Um, and I don't think it necessarily started there. I think no. it's been hijacked. No, it has. But, we'll, t- we'll talk about that. But again, you know, it, I, 
it would be nice if people could just say, yeah, shitty things were done for to everybody. I don't think there's a people out there that did not have a shitty time of it at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but we built this country together for good or bad. We built this country together. We've evolved. Let's move on together. Yeah, can can we move forward? In right, this? exactly. Because there's if we're no always moving forward. Yes, you're never going to look forward. Yes, I agree that if uh, if you don't look at your history, it's yeah doomed to repeat right. itself. Whatever but, the the but phrase. But you can is. look at the history objectively and fix it and fix it and be like, okay, that's how it was then. But let's move forward now. So I wanna I wanna read a little from the Wikipedia article about critical race theory just to get kind of an a little bit of understanding. But I mean, this one goes so in-depth with it that it's almost more confusing, so I just want to hit on a couple things. It says, uh, Critical race theory is a cross-disciplinary intellectual and social movement of civil rights scholars and activists who seek to examine the intersection of race and law in the United States and to challenge the mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. For example, the critical race theory conceptual framework is one way to study how and why U.S. courts give more lenient punishment to drug dealers from same races than to drug dealers from other races. The word critical, blah, blah, blah. It talks about all these other critical thinking studies. That's where critical right. race theory came from. And, and if, if I can um, yeah, go for interject it. myself real quick. A lot of times that is, is it's, it's an economic thing, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily a, a race thing. It's economic. It's this person doesn't have the money for a good lawyer, so they have to put up for a public defender a public right. defender does not have the time to defend somebody so they plea bargain the person down and and that's it and i'm sure there i know there's good argument to say well the only reason it's an economic thing is because of racial disparities from like their their family's family's family and right. they they're stuck in this perpetual cycle yes i understand how that probably got them there to begin with right. but that doesn't say that the system is so against them that they can't get out of it now. Right. And, and, and like you said, it, it comes from a place of, of them ma- putting putting other people into that victim mm-hmm. slot, saying, yes, this is who you are, this is where you're from, and, and, and you're going to have to fight really hard to get out of it because the whole world is against you. Yes. And I, I'm also not saying that the system's not still flawed. Oh, no, absolutely. And it's not flawed. still biased against these things. But I... When you come at it like the system, it was built on the foundation of racism as its foundation. Therefore, um, you can't take racism out of the structure without taking down the whole structure. That I I don't agree with. That I don't feel like I feel like you can fix the system right. without just completely crashing it and starting over from scratch. And right. that's that's what this basically says is um, racism is the foundation of the system. Therefore, if you were to get rid of racism altogether, the system doesn't work. Right. It says a key uh, TRT concept is intersectionality, the way in which different forms of inequality and identity are affected by interconnections of race, class, gender, and disability. Uh, it says... Scholars of CRT view race as a social construct with no biological basis. I can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it is a social thing that we have built these, like, racial stereotypes, Mm -hmm. these racial um, inequalities for just to say, hey, black people are less than white people. Obviously, that's a social construct, not a biological construct, because there's so many... Minorities that are far smarter and far have far more abilities than I do as a white oh, person. Absolutely. So it's not a biological thing. Yeah. 
we've, yes, socially built this thing uh, on a shitty past. Right, absolutely. We can all agree with that, I think. It says one tenet of CRT is that racism and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudices in individuals. So it's not just like Nazis that are racist. It's not just like the severe prejudices that have been born into ra- like racist tendencies. It's these like subtle things that have kind of evolved into this racial mm-hmm. system. Absolutely. Says, uh, let's see, this stupid thing keeps popping up. Uh, CRT scholars argue the idea of race advances the interests of white people at the expense of people of color. Um, and that the liberal notion of U.S. law as neutral plays a significant role in maintaining a racially unjust social order. So just to say uh, that U.S. law is neutral plays into this unjust system. Mm-hmm. When re- in reality, so they're saying just calling uh, the system neutral, just having a neutral system is, is, is not good enough. Is not good enough because yeah. it still perpetuates this unjust system. No, that's the flaws in. That's that's the system not being neutral. That's right. the flaws in the system that you got to fix to get it more neutral. It's mm-hmm. not the system being neutral is the problem, and it creates this racist atmosphere. No, because then it's not neutral. Right. So what right. they're saying is, hey, what it sounds like, at least based on that, is kind of like what we were talking about uh, in football mm-hmm. or yesterday when we were talking, or in like uh, the equal opportunity movement where or in the workforce where we got to give extra credit for right. minorities because it's not good enough right. to have them on the same playing field. We yeah. got to give them an extra boost. Yeah. Otherwise we're playing a significant role in maintaining this uh, unjust system. Yeah. Says it began in the United States in the post civil rights era uh, as the 1960 landmark civil rights laws were being eroded and schools were being resegregated. Uh, with racial inequalities persisting even after civil rights legislation was enacted. So it was basically saying, hey, they, they found a way to still continue this racist system, right. even though the civil rights laws came into effect. Mm-hmm. They found ways around it, which, yeah. which I, I, I agree I, with. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, you know, the South was notorious yeah. for, you know, not just Jim Crow laws, but, I mean, different employment laws. I mean, it was just like, you know, and... It, I would agree. I think we could both agree the way cities were constructed were meant as almost a segregative uh, measure. Yeah, not almost. They they absolutely were, yeah. and they they. I mean, I've read things where even today there are like real estate people that inadvertently like direct black people to black communities and white mm-hmm. people to nicer white communities and stuff, and mm-hmm. and that's that's a big part of the problem. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, there are things. There are ways to fix that. That's right. still just. Shitty people being shitty, in my in my view. So it gets into these tenets of CRT. It says, scholars of CRT say the race is not biological, grounded, and, and natural. Rather, it's a socially constructed category used to oppress and exploit people of color. And that racism is not an a- aberration, but a normalized feature of American society. According to CRT, negative stereotypes assigned to members of minority groups benefit white people. So negative stereotypes are only there to benefit white people. And sure. Right. Absolutely. To an extent, yes. Yeah. But, no, I would agree with that. But some of them unintentionally. But yes. It says individuals can belong to a number of different identity groups, 
Uh, the concept of intersectionality, one of CRT's main concepts, was introduced by legal scholar Kimberly Crenshaw. Not Dan Crenshaw. No. Um, it goes on, it says, uh, Derek Albert Bell, who is one of the main proponents of this, an American lawyer, professor, and civil rights activist, writes that racial e- or equality is impossible and el- elus- illusory. And that racism in the U.S. is permanent. So that's the part I wanted to focus Mm -hmm. on there was racial equality is impossible because based on this critical race theory that the foundation is racism, the whole United States system was built on racism, Mm -hmm. then racial equality is impossible. So there's no solution then. So that's the problem I have with these theories is when there is no solution. Right. It's like... What are you fucking helping if you're pushing this? If you're saying it's a problem, it's a problem, and there's no solution, there's no way out of this, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be fixed. Then, right? Why even study it? Well, yeah, exactly, because all you're doing is is creating this resentfulness. Yeah, you know, you're creating like this this class system, and it's just gonna bust out into violence. Right. So, um, I don't know if I'm gonna get to if I passed it or what, but. Basically, the concepts that they're talking about, they're saying that like all these different things, all these macroeconomic problems or macro, these macro problems, like, say, I don't know, prejudiceness or uh, blatant racism or inequality, all these things are just kind of symptoms of the underlying problem, which is um, this critical race theory's basis that yeah. the system is racist, is built on racism. So... You're not, and we're all usually the the first to say you're not going to fix a problem yeah. by solving the solu- or the the symptoms, right? By going after each one of the solutions, right? So basically, I, I think this it gets into this in another article. So basically, though, you got to fight the actual problem to cure the symptoms. But if the actual problem has no solution, then do we? Then what? So don't fight the the symptoms because that's like saying uh, there's no cure for cancer, but cancer is causing all these other pains mm-hmm. and ailments and like nausea and stuff. So don't go after and try to <laughs> fix those right. those symptoms, but cancer is not treatable. So just let the whole thing die. Yeah, and, in pain and agony. Well, and when when you look at the symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the unusually high incarceration rate right you look at the the um lack of education you look at um the lack of a family structure right you look at um you know um lack of a a steady um like housing and living conditions right these are all things that can be solved by just thinking things through i mean by by getting rid of you know decriminalizing certain drug laws yeah I mean right you know you get rid of the you drop the incarceration rates right you know and by you know doing comprehensive you know choice schooling it get, it opens up schools for all kids to go to whatever school they want not just because of the economic conditions mm-hmm. and so and parents can make those decisions for the, so I mean there's there's choices that can be made that the government doesn't do and is it because they want to keep people in a certain place I don't know that's not I, well, for me to say I've read this theory and I fully believe this theory that the welfare system kind of perpetuated the yes. broken African American families because you, if you had so much income or if you had like 
dual parentship, you couldn't get some of that welfare, that it was more financially beneficial if the families separated back in the day. And so that's what kind of started possibly. But see, that's that's one of the that's one of the ugly secrets, the elephant in the room that you can't talk about is Mm -hmm. the lack of of fathers in black community, which I mean. My theory there can also be like spun back into critical race theory. Well, Absolutely. they didn't want us to succeed as a family, so they yeah. set up this system. Well, that is a government construct, and that's that is a a perfect example of when the government gets too much power over something, and yeah. you're reliant on the government. They have all the say in the world that they want. That's why I think it'd be better to approach. Everything from an individualistic s- scenario instead yes. of coming up with government solutions because government clearly fucks everything up. And, and that's that is what we as a country should be doing. But to say that um, by considering this an individualistic thing as that's the problem is all well, you're just looking at this by based on individuals are bad. There's bad eggs in every bunch. Right. Well, that's the problem. You're not looking at this from the big picture, mm-hmm. which the big picture doesn't have a solution. So it's just like. Right. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah. What do we do then? Right. And, and and that's the thing. It's like you need to throw out the 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 macro plan. You need to throw out the 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 generalized you know plan to get rid of racism and 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 the government plan to conduct things because it has to be done on a local level. It has to be done person to person, that's family the only to family. Way to fix things. It is. It is. But that's not something they want to admit to. No, because that that gives us. Control of yes. our own futures, and the government doesn't want us to have control no. of our own future. The the people that sell us on this garbage don't want us to have control right. of our of our own future because yeah. then we don't need those people that we are paying our tax dollars yeah. to anymore. Right. If we come to the realization that I can fix my own future, yeah. right? The Mitch McConnells, the Ten Cruises, the Nancy Pelosi's don't have any power. No, they, they and then then they. People have to stop and look, and they're like, no, I can fix this myself. But no, they'd rather be like, no, you can't fix it yourself yeah, you because you, it was built on this system. Yeah, you, you need our our um, our stimulus checks. You mm-hmm. need our welfare. You need our, our food stamps. You need our, our to ta- us to pay your school bills. Right. Right? I mean, it's just asinine. So here's another one from AP News. I just want to hit on a couple things from this before we get into our break because I got some uh, some. More of the crazy side, my my crazy theories. Well, we we got to hit that. It's not even theories. It's yes. actually what's out there. We should call so. the second half like you know, like you know, sociopathic second. I don't know something. I don't know crazy seconds. I don't yes. know. So this one's from AP News. It says explainer. So much buzz, but what is critical race theory? That sounds condescending already. A little bit. Uh, this came out last year, mid of last year, sometime. It says uh, in Raleigh, former Raleigh, North Carolina, former. President Trump has railed against it. Republicans in the U.S. Senate introduced a resolution condemning any requirement for teachers to be trained in it, and several Republican-controlled states have invoked in legislation restricting how race can be taught in public schools. The concept known as critical race theory is the new lightning rod of the GOP. But what exactly is it? The term seemed to appear in state houses and political rallies almost from nowhere— Over the past few months, it has morphed from an obscure academic discussion point on the left into a political rallying cry on the right. On Wednesday, for instance, critical race theory became a flashpoint during a congressional hearing into the military's approach to addressing racism and extremism when General Mark Milley, chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, pushed back forcefully against accusations by Republican lawmakers that 
the effort is creating division and hurting morale. And I, 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 I think we talked about that we, when we've talked about General Mark Milley was yeah was pushing some of these this this uh, training. Yes. Whatever diversity training, and the Republicans were screaming. I, I'm critical not granting theory. him the rank of general. No, he's an asshole. Yes. So it says, what is critical race theory? Critical race theory is a way of thinking about Americans, America's history through the lens of racism. It's like putting on beer goggles. <laughs> if only. <laughs> so you can only look back through the the eyes of racism to to view our history. And to a point, I do think that's important. Well, it's to important point, to not look back with rose-colored glasses. You, it's important yes. to see your country and be like, damn, we sucked back then. We did a lot of shitty things. Yeah, but we did a lot of good things. Yes. But it's good to see the both. So scholars developed it during the 70s and 80s in response to what they viewed as a lack of racial progress following the civil rights legislation of the 60s. It centers on an idea that racism is systemic in the nation's institutions and that they function to maintain the dominance of white people in society. So racism is systemic. It's the foundation, and it is only— all, the, the entire foundation of this is just to maintain white dominance. Right. Do you agree with that? No. I mean, I agree that it probably was—it obviously was built that way— Originally, with plantations and yeah, um, the right. way things were set up, yes, that was yeah. that uh, white people held on tight to their mm -hmm. dominance for a long time. But the way it's ran now, it, the way it should be set up now, I don't no, agree with that. I, I, I think that it's transcendent color, and it's the point where people that are elitist mm -hmm. are trying to keep their elitism, and they're very careful with who they let through that gate. And don't be black and come through that gate. Well, that or, or but even like, you know, you and I mm -hmm. would not be allowed through the gate. I mean, because we just don't fit that profile. We don't come from money. We don't come from from power, mm -hmm. you know. And so it, it's it, it's more than just race. It, it, it's, you know, it's lineage yeah. at this point. Goes on to say there's little to no evidence that critical race theory itself is being taught to K through 12 public school students, though some ideas central to it, such as lingering consequences of slavery, have been. In Greenwich, Greenwich, Connecticut, some middle school students were given a white bias survey that parents viewed as part of the theory. Um, I, I'd have to say that a white bias survey is part of the theory. Right. Um, you don't like I said, you don't have to specifically. Say this is critical race theory one hundred and one to be teaching principles of critical race theory. Right. Yeah, it says Republicans in North Carolina point to the Wake County public school system as an example, saying teachers participated in professional development sessions in critical race theory. County education officials canceled a future study session once it was discovered, but insist the theory is not part of the classroom curriculum. It says critical race theory is not something we teach to students. It's more of a theory in academia about race that adults use to discuss the context of their environments. Again, we're using semantics here. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, we don't teach critical race theory because critical race theory is super complex and yeah. only the top legal scholars. Right. But, but those things trickle down. Those right. concepts it, trickle right. down. We, we teach it to the, the teachers that go out, but we can't help if they're going to push that to their students. We don't right. tell them to do that. So it goes on. It says, where did Republican pushback begin? 
Republicans often cite the 1619 Project as a cause for concern. The New York Times initiative published in 2019 aimed to tell a fuller story of the country's history by putting slavery at the center of America's founding. And I want to talk a little about the 1619 Project because I think they do go hand in hand. I think that a lot of the right-wing insanity comes from more the 1619 Project than from the academic critical race theory discussions. I think more of it, more of the things that they quote as, oh, this is critical race theory, it's more their opinions coming straight out of the New York Times uh, 1619 Project. And so if you can't decipher between, yes, I do think they go hand in hand, but if you can't decipher between the two, then Mm. you can't have a logical discussion about this. That's like saying when... Donald Trump said, oh, there's good people on both sides of this. Well, he was calling a Nazi. I mean, if you can't decipher between something, then you can't logically debate something. You have to dig into a little bit of both of those and decide, well, is what these people are talking about, are they actually talking about critical race theory, or are they talking about this one project that this one news uh, agency put together. Right. Like, which which are we talking about? So in the second half, I do want to talk a little about that. It's almost time for a break here. So I don't have time to pull up that article just yet. So it, it continues to say, critical race theory popped into the mainstream last September when Trump took aim at it and the 1619 Project as part of a White House event focused on the nation's history. He called both a crusade against American history and ideological poison that will destroy our country. Yeah, and I, I would argue that this goes even further back because, um, you know, I, I had mentioned you, uh, the historian uh, Howard Zinn, mm-hmm. who wrote uh, The People's Guide to American History. And and in that, it, it's rife with, with building racism into the fabric of American history. Um, and Well, it, I, I agree that... And th- this goes back in the 70s and 80s yeah. and, and stuff at an academic level. So the stuff you're right. talking about is stuff that you probably read, people are reading in college. Right. But as far as becoming a mainstream hot topic, right. that's right. about when it came out was right. when the 1619 Project came out, when George Floyd stuff was going right. on, all these protests were going well, on. Uh, that's when it became... But that's, a, and that's around the time when they decided to get rid of Uncle Ben and Aunt mm-hmm. Jemima and get rid of the Redskins, and and that's when this all of a sudden really took foot. Sure. So, and again, you you got to ask yourself those things. Side note: those things like getting rid of Uncle Ben, getting rid of Aunt Jemima, getting rid of the Washington Redskins to appease the people that are buying those tickets, buying those products, or whatever that are probably still going to buy it either way. They're just right. uh, appeasing your your markets so right. you can sell more products. Again, that goes back to what I asked early on. How does that really pull somebody out of poverty? How right. does that yeah. actually increase equality mm-hmm. or put somebody on a better playing surface to to make it in society? Yeah. No, that's just... Uh, corporations trying to sell products better mm-hmm. by marketing this thing yeah. called wokeism or this thing right. called equality. They're they're using it as marketing in order to sell freaking right. maple syrup right. or 
rice or you know or or mm. ticket football tickets right it's just them uh jumping on this this bandwagon so they can make sales and it, it, in no way actually right. helps any part of the problem no if the problem is hey there's the system of inequality well how about we change the name of uncle ben's right. rice how about we take the young native american lady off of the butter yeah i mean That'll make people feel better. Exactly. I mean, that'll make people the, warm the cockles of their hearts, right. and and then people will be more equal. No, <laughs> no, those those people do not care about racial equality in any way. They care yeah. about selling products, right. which is, I guess, capitalism, which I guess is part of this racist system. So I don't know. It's all a big mess. We do got to get to break. When I come back, when we come back, we're gonna. Dig a little into that 1619 project so we can kind of decipher between the two. And then also I want to hit on um, the the hijacking of critical race theory from global organizations, mostly. That is what I'm going to talk about. So we're going to take three, four minutes to go to break. Uh, Make sure you come back because the interesting stuff comes in the second half. So we will be back in just a minute as soon as I find my button. I can never find my button. All right, we'll be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. All right, we're back. Good. I feel refreshed. You feel refreshed? I feel refreshed. I got body armor light. Nice. Not just normal body armor, but light body armor. Is that armor. like a Gatorade type thing? <laughs> it, it, yeah, similar, I guess. My wife buys it and loves it, so there was one in the fridge and I stole it from her. It's like, all right, this this sounds refreshing. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. I stole your drink from you. Um, We're talking about critical race theory as two white guys. Well, yes. you're... I mean, you're kind of brown. I, you're kind of stuff. a little. Yeah, but I'm, I'm mostly white. Mostly, mostly white. white. Yeah. I don't think you could walk into anybody and be like, "All right, guys, uh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna." <laughs> I can say the N word because I'm uh, yeah, got I, some color in yeah, my. Right. No, I don't think no, you get away. I, with I don't that. think I could either. You're not gonna pull an Elizabeth Warren and be like, huh, 
I'm Native American, so I can not, get scholarships yeah. or no. shit. No? You didn't play that card when you went to college? No, no. Okay. I didn't need to. You probably have more Native American than you. I know I know uh, yeah. for a fact you have more Native American than you yeah. than Elizabeth Warren. So. Right, yeah. So let's, let's keep talking about it. What do you think so far? Do you think we're so out of our own element just talking about this? Like we, we're just so beyond being able yeah. to discuss this? I, I I don't feel like we are. I, I don't either. You know, I I I would I would really like someone to maybe like somebody who is on the other side mm-hmm. of the the argument to maybe reach out and say, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Right. Or somebody on the other side or somebody of like black descent or something yeah. like that to let us know their opinions of this. If you're for it or if you're against critical race theory, what are your thoughts on this? Because Yeah. Obviously, we can only look at it through the eyes of white people. Yeah. I could reach out to some friends and see if they'd come on the show and talk. You should. I should have done that first. Why didn't you, you should say have done, something? Why, why didn't you just do it? <laughs> Take some initiative. I know. Um, shit. I clicked on the wrong thing. So let's get back into this. Before we went to break, we were reading the article that said Republicans uh, um, jumped on this after the 1619 Project project from the New York Times came out and right. then they started screaming about this and and all the things that politicians like to do and like to scream about. Let me get rid of the music. So I wanted to talk just briefly about the 1619 project and what that was and why it's related and why it's not the same thing and whatever else we get to with that. Let, let's just dig into the 1619 project for a few minutes, all right? Okay. So, uh, obviously, I have Wikipedia's article about the 1619 Project. It says, the 1619 Project is a long-form journalism endeavor developed by Nicole Hannah-Jones, writers from the New York Times and the New York Times Magazine, which aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and contributions of black Americans at the very center of the United States national narrative. So, this... un Similarly, but unlike critical race theory, this is basically rewriting America's history in context of the consequences of slavery. Right. So it's basically saying, stop focusing on all these good things of America because it was all founded on all these shitty things. Right. And to an extent, yes, I agree with this. A lot of the good things that came out of America started with our shittiness. Like, started with the... um, genociding of the Native American people to take over the country as we know it today. It started with slavery to build a financial system to merge into this capitalistic system that we know today. Yes, it all came from a shitty place. You have a thought. Well, I'm just thinking, I mean, you know, the 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 need to, to explore, you know, to move to the new world, you know, yeah. came from... You know, I, I guess a place of, of capitalism, right? They're looking to expand out their money, right? Um, then, um, you know, then they subjugated the the people they found there because they wanted what they had. Mm-hmm. You know, um, English, uh, the Dutch, the French, they moved in. They each pr- approached Native Americans in their own way. You mm-hmm. know, the the Spaniards, they wanted to um, to kind. Con- con- conquer them the the british wanted to they thought they were above them because they weren't christians mm-hmm. uh, the french wanted to make them business partners but also 
to bring Christianity to them. Sure. You know, but they looked at at them as savages and, and as children. Yeah. You know, um, Native, or I mean, African Americans came over as slaves because other tribes conquered them and, and sold them off. Right. You know, a lot of the, the first slave owners were, were black. Um, and so it was just, a, you know, it's always been, you know, might makes right. Right. Mm-hmm. And they've always looked at it as, you know, whoever has the power is the ones that can force the other people to do what they want. Sure. Okay. And I mean, that's just kind of been a worldwide thing. Well, it has. I mean, slavery has been huge for, I mean, you look at the studies now and they say, you know, there's more people in slavery today than there were at sure. any time. Well, during... Look at like Egypt, ancient Egypt was right. built on the backs of Jews. slaves, of right. Hebrew slaves. Um, a lot of great nations were built on the backs of yeah slaves right. but um we don't ever look really back at ancient egypt like my my 11 year old just did a report on ancient mm-hmm. egypt and how a lot of the things that they invented back then we still use today or we yeah. use or it influenced something like papyrus it was mm-hmm. like pre-paper it like they discovered this thing that right we now uh use paper which isn't the same thing but it's generally the same thing but you don't see in that teaching, well, um, they never would have had that stuff if it wasn't for the slate working right. off the backs of uh, right. Hebrew slaves. You, right. you don't study ancient Egypt right. in the lens of Hebrew slaves. Right. We he- don't study any other right. uh, civilization in the lens of yeah. their slaves. Yeah, I mean, look at all the ho- horrific things that Europe did to Africa, mm-hmm. you know, when they were pushing their imperialist, you know, stuff, and... And yeah, we'd never look back at that. But yes, for some reason, the United States has always looked through the lens of the shittiest thing that we did. Sure. So the the phrase, the 1619 Project, came from the year 1619, which is when they're saying the first African slaves came to the U.S., even though um, there are other reports that say they came in the 1500s, right. were brought in the 50s. So um, basically it's saying that the founding date of... The United States isn't 1776. It's actually 1619 because the United States was built on the backs of slaves. And that's when the first slaves, African slaves, came to the United States was 1619. Mm -hmm. So the real birthing of America as we know it was 1619 because America was birthed on slavery. Gotcha. So that's where that comes from. And this article was written on the 400th anniversary in 2019. uh, commemorating the 400th anniversary of the arrival of enslaved Africans in the English colony of Virginia. Says the uh, project has sparked criticism and debate among prominent historians and political commentators. In a letter published in the New York Times in 2019, historians George Wood, James McPherson, uh, Sean Willens, and Victoria Bynum and James Oakes expressed strong reservation about the project and requested factual correction, accusing the project's creators of putting ideology before historical understanding. In response, Jake Silverstein, the editor of the New York Times Magazine, defended its accuracy and declined to issue corrections. In 2020, the Times issued a clarification modifying one of the passages of the role of slavery uh, in the American Revolution that sparked controversy. It says, on May 2020... Uh, the Pulitzer Prize Board announced they were awarding a Pulitzer Prize for commentary to project creator Nicole Hannah-Jones for her introductory essay. So got a bunch of awards and shit. Um, let's see. Some of the background. It says 1619 Project was launched um, to commemorate, like I said, the 400th anniversary. It says 
1619, a group of 20 and odd captive Africans arrived in, in the Virginia colony. An English privateer operating under a Dutch letter of marquee, White Lion, uh, carried 20 to 30 Africans who had been captured in joint African-Portuguese raids against the kingdom of Ndongo in modern-day Angola, making its landing at Point Comfort in the English colony of Virginia. Um, although the project places this moment in, in the context of slavery and the c- colonial history of the United States, some have taken is- issue. The first enslaved Africans actually were brought to North America in 1526, and European enslavement of Native American has been documented as far back as Columbus in 19, or 1493 to 94. So, basing the foundation in 1619 as the birthing of slavery, they're saying uh, that's not truly accurate because Columbus had Native American slaves as far back as 1493. Uh, uh, Yeah, that makes sense. So we're focusing on one part of this issue, but we're refusing to acknowledge other parts of the... Well, I mean, isn't that kind of food for... You know, isn't that how it usually goes, though? Right. So it goes on to say... uh, so the the project dedicated an issue of the magazine to reexamine the legacy of slavery in the U.S. at the anniversary of the 1619 arrival. This framing challenges the idea that American history began in the signing of the de- with the signing of the Declaration of Independence uh, in 1776, or with the arrival of Pilgrims in 1620. The project quickly grew into a larger endeavor, encompassing multiple issues of the magazine with related materials in the Times publication, as well as school curriculum developed in collaboration with the Pulitzer Center. So to say that, no, they're not teaching critical race theory, there are schools that have uh, pushed the 1619 project, in the very least. So it's easy if you are confusing the 1619 project with critical race theory to say, yes, they are teaching this in schools. Right. So it talks about that first issue. It says, uh, the the first edition appeared in a 100-page issue of the New York Times Magazine on August 14, 2019. It included 10 written essays, a photo essay, and a collection of poems and fiction with an introduction by editor-in-chief Jake Silverstein as follows. So these are some of the essays that were in that 1619 okay. edition. The original. Because this is an ongoing thing. If you go to... Like 1619project.com. It's it's this ongoing project. It's right. not just yeah, one that's right. it's issue. A project. Says uh, so. These are the names of some of the articles, and we can't break down each one of them. But the first one from that Nicole Hannah Jones is titled "America Wasn't a Democracy Until Black Americans Made It One." So basically, the freedoms we have today are based on black people fighting for freedom. The white people didn't care so much about freedom, so when Jefferson penned all these, all men are created equal, uh, that wasn't actually a realization until black people fought for all men being created equal. And I can understand where they are coming from with that, because white people didn't see black people as people, so to say all men are created equal, he wasn't necessarily meaning that black men were, according to some of these people. But you look like you have thoughts. I, I would want to look into that more. Okay. Like I said, so. we'd have to do full episodes on each one of these articles. Yeah. Uh, because I, I just, I, I literally, I was just curious to see who the, the black sl- first black slave was uh, in, in the country. And uh, Anthony Johnson came over in 1620 and uh, was an indentured servant, uh, worked his way through, got won his freedom, was given land, started his own tobacco plantation, had his own slaves. Mm-hmm. 
and was married and, and you know and so i mean it wasn't until after that point part um his first slave john censure was the first slave that was considered a slave for life so so as a black african's slave that was the slave for life so that that that's interesting because the 1619 project basically says american history is written through the lens of the the victors or whatever right. through the eyes of the victors and that's all history i would say yeah but so we should look at it from how it really went but then they're still leaving out the parts that are um right. a little that that don't support their right ideas their theories they're leaving uh, i guarantee you in this the 1619 Project, they never mentioned that. No, they won't man- mention Anthony Johnson. Or his, his or, slave for life. Yeah, right. So it, some of the other articles are, American capitalism is brutal. You can trace that to the plantation. Um, yeah, like I said, yes, uh, the American system was built with slaves. Yeah. But, yeah. I I mean, to... Say American capitalism is basically the plantations is basically what they want you to think, right? Um, because like, the, much the, like the NFL, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like the commoners work and sell their time and their production right. for money to the plantation owners or the the corporate owners and stuff. And I don't know. Uh, another one is how false beliefs and race, uh, physical racial difference still live in medicine today. Uh, what the reactionary politics in 2019 owe to the politics of slavery. Next is, why is everyone always stealing black music? <laughs> All right. I mean, yes, yes, a lot of white artists made their fame on black music, like Elvis Presley mm-hmm. being one of right. them. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, blues is yeah. predominantly black. A lot of gospels we sing today in church. Yes, I, I see that, but man... You got to pick your battles in in this article, especially. Yeah. It's like, yeah. All right, I'm not sure how why that got. It says how segregation caused your traffic jam. So traffic jams are racist. I, I, I think got what they're saying is the way cities are constructed. Okay, with their segregation is responsible for the way traffic gets congested. Okay, sure. I, I've heard that one. Have before. you seen traffic jams in like Japan though? They look pretty insane. They do, but that's usually because of robots. <laughs> it says, why doesn't America have universal he- health care? One word, race. No, no, I don't want it. And it has nothing to do <laughs> with race. But that's because you're white, though. It's government control. Yes, but that's because you're white, <laughs> yeah. and you only see people at the individual, not... Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, the It says, why American prisons owe their cruelty to slavery? The barbaric history of sugar in America, so we... I, I would agree with that one. I do, too, but to say, hey, Americans have this sweet tooth because they're racist. Right, yeah. That's no. basically what... Because yeah. I've read a little bit about this. Like, oh, okay. we can owe our, our sweet tooth to racism. Yes, I yeah. get I, I've actually heard some of the biggest uh, actual slave things going on today are sugar plants in Africa that really? some of our corporations subscribe to still. I, I could see that. The Barbaric History of Sugar in America, I read that. How America's vast racial wealth gap grew by plunder. Their ancestors were enslaved by law. Now they're lawyers. And then a new literary timeline of African-American history. So those are some of the articles in the 1619 Project there. Uh, Basically, so what do you think about um, them berating capitalism because it was founded on slavery? When in, in reality, uh, capitalism 
I mean, you can dig it to, from two different views. There's the Marxist view that it right. came from like the feudalist system and right. the riches bought up the land and the peasants were forced to work on their land and that's how they made money and blah, blah, mm. blah, and became capital. Or it derived from the shipping industry and people, like you were saying, looking to expand right. their yeah. their yeah. finances and their, their, their businesses through... Yeah. Um, you know, capitalism... It has a dark side. And everything, everything, everything has, has a dark, dark side. side. Yes, and so capitalism exploits that which is there to be exploited. Yes, and it unfortunately takes advantage of of those they view as as weak. Like I said, you know, slavery today is bigger than what it's ever been, and I guarantee you, most of that has nothing to do with with race. Mm -hmm. It's you know, kids and women, those that are are alone and and easily taken and exploited. And so, you know, that's been capitalism. And I don't think that has anything to do with race. It's the fact that, hey, these people are willing to to sell us or trade us their own people to work for us. And so, hell yeah, we're going to jump on that and use that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the South, you know, they, they relied on slavery so much. Because they were predominantly uh, based on agriculture right. down there yeah. and the north the only reason they didn't rely on slavery is because they industrialized right. into factories and stuff where slavery wasn't really a thing right. at that point it was um people didn't own giant vast plantations and had all the slaves work no it was the people made their money through working at these so right. if you got all slaves to work at these factories then there's a whole shit ton of people that aren't making anything now right so the north was more industrialized that's the only reason they absolutely were concerned they didn't care that slavery was yeah. gotten rid of because the North didn't rely on slavery as right. much. The South relied on it yeah. for everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, whether or not that's still that's still not an excuse to have slaves, but right. that's why the South was more prone to wanting their slaves yeah. because their whole economy was built around right. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, continuing with kind of this idea of the 1619 Project, I read a Vox article. I don't have it here because we're not going to have time to get into all the shit that I read. But the Vox article basically stated, not basically, the straight up stated that the revolution should never have been fought. Interesting. Because your uh England, Britain, Britain or whatever, Great Britain, uh got rid of slavery decades before the United States did. So if we never broke away from Great Britain, then slavery would have ended much, much sooner. I disagree with that. I disagree with that, too, because why did Britain have any interest in the United States? Right. Was the money coming from the United exactly. States? And the United States was making their money yeah. on the backs of slaves. So I think mm -hmm. because Britain got rid of it in, like, say, we'll just say the 1620s or whatever, mm -hmm. or yeah, or the 17, 1820s or whatever. It was yeah. just long before. It was like the 1820s, Britain got rid of slavery. But they allowed India to keep slavery until yeah. the 1840s because right. they were getting money from India. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it would be the same thing with the United States. As long as the money's coming in, I don't care how where yeah. it comes from. It's like us with China. It's just like, eh, uh, there's money there. There's right. profit there. Uh, yeah. It's just cultural differences exactly. over there. We're going right. to profit off it. So yeah. exactly. uh, we'll just uh, turn a blind eye to that. I yeah. feel like that's how Britain... Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the Revolutionary War... Us breaking away from Britain is what maintains slavery here in the United States. Right, absolutely. And another fact was that they had said was, yes, the British treated the Native Americans badly, but 
would they have treated them as badly as Andrew Jackson did and genocided okay. them? Andrew Jackson was was a different person. You, you, I mean, he just was. He, I mean, he was the biggest sense of an asshole. Well, basically what they're saying is if we never broke away, yeah. would we have ever had Andrew Jackson? No, I, not necessarily, but no. we might have had a leader that was, was worse. crazy too. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. can't just say, well, Andrew Jackson never would have been there. if it, mm. we. So if we hadn't fought the Revolutionary War... Then yeah. we never would have. No, because they were genociding, or they were at least like taking over mm. the Native American land far before. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of this thing called the uh, French and Indian War? Right. Right. Absolutely. Where the the uh, the British and the Americans fought the Native Americans and the French. Yeah. Right. The Not French because... had their tribe. The British had their tribe, and they they fought each other. And it wasn't because the British it was for trade liked the the Native Americans no, yeah. so much. It was for land and for furs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's... for the Native American lands. Right. Exactly. They wanted to take it, and yes. I don't think they would have stopped short at anything no. if it if it means profit. No. So maybe I mean that's our argument that we should just get rid of capitalism. Yeah. So. And if you ever want to, uh, Frontier on Netflix is a really good example of that. It, it takes place after the French and Indian War, or, or leading up to it. I'm sorry, and um, and just like all the tension with the trade okay, and I'm the different watch tribes that. and stuff. I love time pieces like that. So yeah, I'm it's really watch good. It. So um, that Vox project or that Vox article made me chuckle. Like mm. all of our. Um, Civil rights issues would have been solved if we just hadn't fought yeah. the Revolutionary War. It's like, you're really stretching this here. Mm. That's like the people that think if they could go back in time and kill Hitler would right. prevent a Holocaust. No, right. something else would yeah, happen. Right. That Somebody so- else would have filled that. Yes. Uh, Beto says, postmodernism is why America has splintered into identity groups, has morphed into what is known as new theories, and revenge is one of the driving forces behind the new theories. It's a systemic denigration of the white race. I agree with that. Sure. So let's keep going. Like I said, there's that, that Vox article in that everything was built on the back of slavery, and our whole society here is owed to slavery. The United States only exists how it is because of slavery. Therefore, the system foundation, like I said, was racism. And so there's no solution on our current our current structure here. There's no solution. We'll right. always be racist society if we always maintain this the system we have right now. There is one solution. What's that? That all the... Everybody who is is white just you know leaves their property and house behind and 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 gives it up and mm-hmm. and then they start paying rep- reparations you know and apologize for being white. Well, that's having to completely tear down the system and redo the system. Isn't that what, what? Isn't that what is supposed to happen? Yes, and we're definitely going to get to there <laughs> because that's the direction I think this is going. That's what I think. Um, the hijacking part that I want to get into, but. There's two two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the hijacking of, and I want to talk about, before that, I want to talk about how critical race theory has evolved. Because, again, it started as this uh, um, intellectual, like, collegiate, yeah. like, uh, grad-level studies. Right, think-take type stuff. Yeah, to... to really study how race is affected with our court system, how race is affected, uh, how people of race are disparaged upon. I mean, it's just looking at the intersection between Mm -hmm. race and law, how it is now. And it's 
evolved into, yes, again, they don't say, hey, we're teaching critical race theory in school because that'll make all the Republicans lose their mind. Right. But I got this shit that's talking about what the schools are doing, and they can say they're not teaching critical race theory, but the things they're doing to students is, yeah. from what I consider, abusive. Yeah. I got this uh, article from yournews.com because you can't find this shit in the mainstream no, news. No. It says, teacher made white elementary school children apologize to black kids for their skin color. And that sounds bad enough. Wait till you hear the things this teacher actually, these teachers actually make their students do. So let me pull up this article real quick. It says, uh, a fifth grade teacher working in North Penn School District made white elementary school children apologize to black kids for their skin color, according to irate parents. Sensational claim was made during a school board meeting by the mother of a child who attends A.M. Culp Elementary School. I actually pulled my daughter out of A.M. Culp because of the fifth grade teachers who lined those students up from whitest to darkest. Oh, my gosh. So just start. Let's just start there. Yeah. We want to get rid of racism. So let's start out. Let's line all our kids up from light skin, lightest skin to darkest skin. Yeah. Do you see any problematic issues here? Yeah. <laughs> when we're talking about racism? Yeah. So this is less racist by splitting up whitest to yeah. darkest. It says, the teacher then made them turn around. Uh, said, made them turn around and made the white ones apologize to the black ones. Now, do not tell me that this didn't happen in this district, the mother added. So they were denying that this stuff ever happened to start with, and then they started corroborating stories and found out that it did. a lot of parents are saying this shit happened. Yeah. Says, uh, you need to put an end to this. Kids do not see color, and you are segregating them, and you are separating them. This is not okay. Do something or get out of this damn those damn chairs, she concluded. This is at a school board meeting. Mm-hmm says the mother's complaint was bolstered by a further claim by another individual at a meeting who described how the same teacher forced their children to take part in a privilege walk. <laughs> you want to know what this privilege walk is? Oh, I've seen those. says the board repeatedly denied an activity that has taken place at A.M. Culp Elementary. It happened in the courtyard, not once but four times. A teacher lined the students up on the wall, asked them to step forward if their parents were married. Step forward if their parents were college-educated. Step forward if they owned a cell phone or an iPhone. Step forward if their skin color resembled a Band-Aid. And step forward if they had an in-ground pool. Jeez. So. I'd still be up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, basically, they're, they're the kids who step out the furthest are the most privileged, privileged kids. right. Yeah. And so, the, the, not only, first of all, are they making these kids feel bad for having more privilege? What's that doing with the kid that's back at the fucking wall? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, uh, we taught our kids, like, we we taught Santa Claus growing up. Yeah. But we never made the biggest, most expensive gifts. Not saying that we gave our kids super expensive things, right. but never gave made the biggest expensive gifts from Santa Claus. First of all, I worked hard for that. I don't need commie Santa giving right. my, the kids my, them thinking that Santa Claus yeah. gave them something great. First of all, it was because I wanted them to know that we worked hard to get mm-hmm. that shit. Second of all, because I don't want them to go to school and tell their friends, hey, Santa got me this, when maybe that kid, Santa yeah. didn't get them as much. Right. And then it's just like... um, 
now I feel bad because Santa doesn't love me as much as you or, or something yeah. like that. And that's how I see this. Not only is it almost like embarrassing for the kid that's the furthest forward, but what's it doing to the kid that's the furthest back right. and being like, look, and it's probably to show that most of well, the yeah. darker skinned people are probably the ones at the wall is what they're probably trying for here. At yeah. least I guarantee you that's not necessarily the case because when I was a kid, I would have been back at the wall for most of those. I was going to say, me too, yeah. My parents weren't together. I mean, I didn't have a pool. I didn't have a phone. Right. <laughs> but then to look at it and actually I don't know what the tell fuck the, the kids. the Band-Aid color has anything to do. Well, uh, well because um, it's a privilege to have I Band-Aids know. that match your skin. <laughs> oh, is it? Don't most kids want Band-Aids that are like Superman or Batman or, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want a fucking skin-colored right? Band-Aid. Those are boring. No doubt. And I don't even care about a skin... I mean, do they really match your skin? Not right. Have you ever looked at Band-Aid and be like, oh, that really blends in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never had somebody be like, oh, uh, your face, uh, I yeah. didn't even notice that Band-Aid. Yeah. But uh, apparently, a kid was like, basically asked about a Band-Aid with, it said a mini megaphone on it. And the teacher, like basically, what about Band-Aids with X on it instead of skin, like pictures oh, on that's it? That's even more privilege. The teacher told the student to get back on the wall because her parents were from India. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. So that's horrible to teach against racism. Let's yeah. be like, hey kid, uh, I don't, I don't give a shit about your band aids. Get back on the wall. You're from India. <laughs> Is this not asinine? Yes. Is this helping in any way combat racism? No. It, you know, it, it makes it race-obsessed, mm-hmm. which to me is it is racist. It's mm-hmm. a form of racism when you're race-obsessed, and that's exactly what this is. So it says, I, I wrote down here, let's see. So I had to read my notes for a second. Sorry. Um so we're making kids feel like shit because they're privileged. Yeah. Or making them feel like shit... Because they're not. Because they're not privileged. And making somebody feel like shit because another group feels like has been treated shitty, that's mm-hmm. counterproductive. That's yeah. what we've talked about in the past, how when people are like, well, if that guy uh, had been black, he would have been shot for sure. Right, right. So basically what you're saying is the white guy should have been shot to equal out the playing field. Yeah. That's not productivity that's not progressive this that's not getting every pushing everybody up that's bringing the people that are up down so we're on the equal playing field and you see how that's not productive to say you know what you're privileged you should not be privileged get Mm -hmm. back down here with the the people that can't be privileged right shouldn't we instead be saying hey uh that person's more privileged than this group of people let's what can we do to bring these people up to that same level of privilege right exactly but when you're saying the system is built where, because of your color of skin, you will never be that privileged. Right. This isn't pushing those people up to our no. like white people level or yeah. privileged people level. No, that's that's smashing down the people who are privileged down yep. to a lower in the name of equity or yep. equality. Equity, and that gets me into what you were saying. Isn't that what they want to right. like get us all to this equitable? Uh, what did they call it? Equitable capitalism or yes, something like yes. that, where we said, "Hey, um, let, let's just uh, make everybody a little more uncomfortable so that they match these yeah. less comfortable people." Yeah. 
Sounds a lot like what we've talked about with the WEF, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Guess who's been talking a lot about cr- critical race theory? Schwab. Hans Schwab. Klaus, uh, Klaus, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Uh, WEF has been talking, has, has jumped on board with critical race theory. Of course. And it makes you wonder why. Yeah. And I had a picture. I, I don't have it here. It was on my phone. Oh, you, that's the one you sent me? Yes. Yeah. It's funny that... They're in full support now of critical race theory. But if you look at the the leadership board of the WEF, it is like 98% white people, old white people. It's just like, yeah, wait, what? Yeah. And it also makes you wonder, like, why does WEF care so much about critical race theory when it's supposedly just an American construct? You don't hear about this in any other country you don't hear like we were saying you don't look at the the success of egypt based up through the lens of right. slavery you don't yeah. look at the history of great britain through yeah. the eyes of slavery right no, nobody exploited africa as much as the netherlands you know and but you right. think they'd sit there and talk about what no. they did in africa so it's like why all of a sudden is the world economic forum so concerned and i got this video about this just came out this week i think about the WF jumping on board with critical race theory. So I want to play this real quick before we talk about how I think the global agendas are hijacking this theory Mm -hmm. to make it to kind of align Americans with their agenda. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about more of that after this video. So let's watch this real quick. Hopefully this plays. There it goes. So I'm going to turn this down because it's all music and words. Let me start it over. So I'm going to try to read this as as we go. So it says, what is critical race theory and why is it so controversial? Then says, supporters of CRT say it's a way of understanding and tackling racial inequality. However, opponents say CRT does the opposite. So what is CRT? The theory was first developed in U.S. legal scholars in 1980s. It argued that the laws, rules, and regulations that govern society today have been shaped by the historical subordination of people of color, and that this is a driving force behind racial inequality. Take the U.S. criminal justice system, for example. While everyone is seen as equal under the law, black Americans are imprisoned at five times the rate of white people. CRT says this disparity is a legacy of America's racist past. Opponents argue that this paints white people as bigots. But to supporters of CRT, this misses the point. They say a system doesn't need racist working within it to produce racially imbalanced outcomes. So, hang on, let me pause that. So it's saying a system doesn't have to have racist in it to be racist. Right. That's basically what this is saying. Like an organization, like a company, say the system is a company. A company doesn't have to have any racist in it to be racist. racist. Right. And so, again, that's taking away that whole individualistic thing mm-hmm. and saying that because this company was founded on racism, well, the the company now is, is inherently racist. racist. Right. No matter, I mean, you could have it um, predominantly full of a bunch of woke yeah. people on the left and it's still going to be racist yeah. because it was founded on racism right. or even full of of african-americans yes. and it would still be racist says a lot professor so-and-so says the problem is not bad people but a system that reproduces bad outcomes 
CRT is usually taught at the grad level, but 14 states have banned CRT from their classrooms. Now we know it's 35. Uh, well, they're trying. 35 oh, are trying. Gotcha. While lawmakers in 16 more states hope to follow suit. There gotcha. you go. Says supporters of CRT argue it's a lens through which to view racial inequality. Most importantly, it recognizes that racism is not a relic of the past and that by understanding its underlying causes, we can start to build a more just society. What do you think about CRT? And that's the end of the video. This is straight from the WEF's yes. Twitter page. Working to make the world better. Yes. So straight from the WEF uh, Twitter page is that that video there and so i got from Z uh, zero hedge this this article is actually what got me interested in hey maybe we should actually talk about critical race theory because the world economic forum's talking about it we talk a lot about the world economic forum so maybe Let's it's it. time we actually talk about this because i feel like this is being hijacked i feel like um these things that we say about the world economic forum of how <coughs> they talk about the 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 great reset. They talk about how capitalism doesn't work. We need to break it down, start over, hit that great that reset button and form this more equitable system because mm -hmm. the current system doesn't work and we can't just keep patching it up. So we have to scrap it and rebuild. Okay. Well, in a theory like critical race theory that says this I, there's no solution in right. this system. That's yeah. basically what they're saying is mm -hmm. In order to fix this, we got to get rid of the system and start over. Right. And that got me thinking, it's like, why would the WEF be so concerned about this? I feel like them jumping on board with support of this is they're starting to custom tailor their, their agendas to different mm -hmm. different locations or different um, right. different countries. countries and stuff. And this is our America's custom tailored fit to the mm -hmm. World Economic Forum. It, it, they didn't create critical race theory but they can get on board and partner with it. Right. And then they can make a good chunk of the country believe that this system is so ultimately flawed that there is no way to fix this. Right. And then that's where the WEF comes in and is being like, we have a solution to that. Right. Here, let's partner up. You say that it's flawed and can't yeah. be fixed. We say, here's a solution. Come on board with us. We right. fully support you. Yeah. And this, and so that that's when it gets scary. And that's now because the, World Economic Forum also came more public with their Great Reset plans roughly about the same time that critical race theory became a mainstream topic. Mm -hmm. 2019, 2020, right. that time frame when everybody started screaming about it, everything. It's also about when the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab came out and said, we need to start this over. Scrap everything. Start Do this one equitable New world order, basically, is what he said. So it's convenient how that kind right. of ties yeah. together, that time frame there. Right. So this Zero Hedge article says, The World Economic Forum has come under fire for a video which initially appears as a neutral explainer of critical race theory, only to quickly shift into a full-throated endorsement of the ideology. CRT charges an entire demographic with a collective crime, uses the charges as grounds for framing individuals within that demographic of per perpetrators at the time, and then seeks to strip condemned individuals of rights, dignity, and equal protection based on that charge. Says WF video defines CRT as a theory first developed by legal scholars in the 80s, which argues that the laws, rules, and regulations that govern society today have been shaped by historical subordination of people of color. 
uh, behind racial inequality. So this goes on and explains what we just saw in the video and basically says the things that we're saying now mm -hmm. and basically says that the WF is now on board with this. That makes sense. It doesn't go as in-depth as this next article, which is from worldnationnews.com that says World Economic Forum endorses critical race theory. So let me get this one pulled up because we're, we're about out of time. I wanted to hit on the, the globalist agenda before yeah. we got out of here because I feel like that's why this is becoming as big of a, mm -hmm. a hot topic today. It's not because of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. It's not because of the 1619 Project. I think it has a lot to do with um, this over-encompassing mm -hmm. world agenda to flip society on its, right. on its head. The system. And start over. And, nope, that makes sense. You know, again, it's one of those, it's like, we can't fix it with the system being the way it is. So we have to tear it all down, start from scratch, mm -hmm. and we can build it more equitable at that time. I, I remember I was texting you two, a couple nights ago, and I'm just like, what if this was the World Economics custom-tailored yeah. version of the Great Reset to the United States? Yeah. And you're like, Dude, it's twelve forty at night. Why are you telling me this? Well, don't 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 do that to me. <laughs> You're gonna get my mind working. <laughs> Did it get your mind working? No, I I turned it off. But You're I, like I gotta go. I yeah, gotta go. Leave I me know, alone. I know. Uh, so this one says the World Economic Forum, a champion of great reset of capitalism, has weighed in on the issue of critical race theory, casting supporters of the Marxist ideology in an honorable light. In a video composed to look like a neutral explainer, the WF defines CRT as a legal theory, arguing laws, rules, and regulations that govern society today have been shaped by the historical subordination of people of color, and that this is the driving force behind racial inequality today. To illustrate the assertion that racism is not just a relic of the past, but is woven into America's institutions, WF points to the high incarceration rate among black Americans. Again, Easily fixed if they wanted to. Yeah, right. So. I mean, these are problems with solutions. Exactly. Right. Says opponents of the CRT miss the point when they uh, complain how it paints all white people as bigots, the video says, adding that from a CRT perspective, a system doesn't need racists working from within to produce racially imbalanced outcomes. The WF posted the video on Twitter alongside a link to an article that also takes an apologist stance in favor of CRT. When it comes to the debate over the injection of CRT in American schools, WEF article claims the states passed anti-CRT laws to limit teaching of black history and racism. There's been so much history of black, like black history and racism taught in schools. Yeah. Like we're taught slavery from a very early age. Absolutely. But I guarantee you they never talk about any of the good race relations, you know, yeah. that there is a number of African-Americans in government in the early colonial days. Yeah. No, you're not going to hear that. It says, despite the fact that many of those laws explicitly say they don't restrict classroom discussion on those topics. So they're saying that these anti-CRT laws are restricting talks of equality and talks of racism. And those laws don't say that at all says social and race, racial justice has been a part of the WEF agenda since the beginning of the Chinese Communist Party virus pandemic, which the globalist elites 
of Davos, Switzerland-based organizations see as a rare but narrow window of opportunity to overhaul the world's economic and social structure. We talked about that. That is literally what they said. That is not a conspiracy theory. They want to overhaul the world's economic and social structure. And COVID is a great yeah, opportunity. That's when they said that. So the Great Reset, according to the WF's founder and chairman, Klaus Schwab, will require societies to not go back to their to air pre-pandemic normalcy, but to adopt changes imposed on them and fight against what he called systemic racism. COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, Inclusion and equality. So the the crisis shows that our old system doesn't fit our new situation. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that with uh, population control, how a lot of our systems were built in young world. Right. Or not, was it, it was, it was empty world was what they right, called right, it. Not yeah. full world. A lot of our religions were built in empty world, not right. full world. So we need to change our systems, change our religions mm-hmm. to, to fit the, the full, world. the full world needs. And yeah. this is saying virtually the same thing, ta- same thing. COVID-19 has shown our old system doesn't fit our new world. So mm-hmm. this is the time to flip the script and hit that reset button mm-hmm. and start from scratch because capitalism doesn't work. Right. And so to jump on board with CRT, like this video is saying, because this uh, CRT says it's not a people problem, it's a system problem. So the system will never not be racist. So the only way to get rid of racism is to hit what? The The Great Reset button. Yeah. Yeah. So you see how they kind of go hand in hand. I don't think Klaus Schwab came up with critical. I know Klaus Schwab didn't come up with critical. He just saw it and was like, hmm, this might work for us. I think that the evolution we're seeing of critical race theory has probably everything to do with that agenda. I think the the, um, hyper, like, exposing this or the... Um, screaming about it and all this, this publicized, this like mainstream publication of it now, publicization of it has everything to do with that agenda. But critical race theory itself had nothing to do with the World Economic Forum right. or this overall global construct. He saw an opportunity the same as he saw COVID 19 as an opportunity. Yeah. He's like, oh, COVID 19 is a good chance to start the shit over. Right. Oh, uh, they they have this this theory that their system's already broken. Let's use that as an opportunity to push our theory that the system needs to change. Right, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like you said, <laughs> that got my mind working, is that they probably sat and they, they, they game-planned for countries that aren't going to play ball. Which we know... The number one country that's not going to play ball is at least forty-eight percent of Americans. Exactly, and so they're like, "What's what is a way we can do, we can get them to play ball?" Well, you tear it down. You tear the country apart. They fight amongst each other. They they it just tears either it'll either tear the country in half, or it'll just it'll force them to flip. It'll force them to come to this realization through either convincing them that the system works against them mm-hmm. or convincing them that their privilege is what built this system that will never and you'll never not be a racist because you're part of this racist system guilting them into believing that the system needs to go away one way or another uh the system convincing them that the system needs to go away mm-hmm. and this is the american 
uh, tailored version of the Great Reset is yeah. what this is being and used for. I actually I just Googled is critical race theory taught in other countries and no. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Again, no. Look look at every other civilization that was built on shittiness. Yeah, which is every of them. Every one of them. It says this is not the first time the WF's Great Reset agenda has triggered backlash on social media. Last year they called out out of touch they were called out of touch and tone deaf after claiming lockdowns during the virus pandemic were quietly improving cities. <laughs> <coughs> Says there were record f- falls in air pollution clearing city skies from Asia to America, but by late 2020 at a return to pre-pandemic levels, the WF said in a video. So the lockdowns basically, yeah, like I, I we talked those. about the dolphins yeah. and the canals yeah, right. and, and the channels and stuff. Says carbon emissions were also down seven percent last year, but the drop won't slow climate change unless we lock in emission cuts or lock people in their houses. Right, exactly. Says the WF later deleted the video and admitted the lockdowns didn't actually improve cities, but offered no apology. <laughs> didn't actually improve them; <coughs> just proved everything around them. <laughs> right. So WF's on board with critical race theory. Do you think it's because they care about? No. Racism no. in America? No. <laughs> Again, look at the board of directors yeah. of the WEF. Yeah. There's like, I think there was like 30 people that we saw in that picture. There was maybe like two uh, like Indian looking people. Yeah. There was like three Asian people yeah. and the rest were like old white yeah, people. Right. Yep. So I, I have a hard time believing they give, give a shit about racism right. in America or yeah. the system being racist. Yeah. Other than the fact that they want to be... The over-encompassing, all-powerful head of this more equitable. And we've talked about that in our Great Reset episodes where their idea of equitable Mm -hmm. or equity isn't bringing everybody up Mm -hmm. to the same level. It's pushing everybody down so they maintain their top status there. Equity has nothing to do with people being equal to them. It's everything with pushing everybody down Mm -hmm. so that... They yeah. all feel like they're on. Every everybody has nothing, and they're they're satisfied yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That, that everybody state. else is is living in a, a ghetto skyscraper, eating their mealworms. Yes, while they're in their big house in the country eating steak. You know, I mean, that's that's what they're looking. Which for. is why we are part of the anti cricket brigade. Yes, which is why you should join the anti cricket brigade and get access to our anti cricket brigade T shirt. Yes, which I'll pull up again. It's a big middle finger to the WEF. It's not going to pull up for me. There it is. That says, I won't eat your bugs. Yes. That is specifically directed towards the WF, who wants us to all be equitable, eating our crickets together yes. in peace and harmony. Yes. Again, I don't see progression happening if we are making people that are in a better spot feel like they should be in a lower spot. Right. So they can be equal. That's not progressive. No. Progressiveness. That's not progression. Yeah. That's digression, digression, whatever the word is. Yeah. That's pushing us all down instead yeah. of bring. Instead, shouldn't be work, we working at bringing everybody up yeah. Yeah. to the same level, bringing everybody up to a better spot, yes. not making children at a young age feel like shit because yeah. they had a pool growing up or yeah. they had Band-Aids that matched their skin. Right, yeah. Or, or that t- their parents were married, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, well, you obviously come from a place of privilege because your your parents. Well, I feel bad because Johnny's parents aren't aren't married. I wish yeah. my parents weren't married too. Right. But it's also making Johnny feel bad because his parents aren't married. Right. Yeah. It's saying your home is less than their home because yeah. you're in a single single parent yeah. situation, 
which goes against everything that people have fought for to make yeah. like all these different like family lifestyles equal, yeah. all these different um, family backgrounds as equal. Like, well, yeah. man, we we shouldn't look down on uh, single family houses or. Um, I I don't know. Well, but it, but that's going backwards, is what I'm saying. That's yeah, saying, absolutely. oh no, you're in a shit spot because your parents aren't yeah, married. But remember when we were we were going through the the Black Lives Matter website, you know, and one of their their goals was to tear down the nuclear family. Yes, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. And like you said, um, there was that Black Lives Matter chick that was just like, this yeah. whole system's fucked. We need yeah. to flip it over. Yep, and then we can build it up when we're in charge. And I feel like Klaus Schwab is like sitting there. He's like, "How can we get America <laughs> to agree to uh, f- reset their system?" And then he turns on the news, and this chick from Chad is like, "We need to flip this system on its head and start because c- this capitalist society doesn't work." He's like, "Genius!" And I feel like the narrator from The Grinch says, <laughs> "And at that moment, <laughs> at that moment, a plan devised." <laughs> Klaus Schwab's heart grew three sizes smaller that day. We are completely out of time for this episode. Um, what do you think of all this? Do you think there do you think there's some value in what the original critical race theory was teaching? Like, uh, I, hey, let's let's look at this from a racial I, situation. Know, again, I, I think it's good for the, the people to know where their country came from. Again, so that it doesn't happen again. I think it's good for people to say, see that, hey, my, we did shitty things in the past. Mm-hmm. But to say that, you know, you it's can't also fix good to, it. It's also good to study from that lens, well, too. Yeah, like exactly. at the college level, be like, is there something broken in this that yes. was from day one that yeah. that's causing all this? That's why it was like a college level yeah. think tank thing. But to filter that down to like freaking pre-K well, through twelfth yeah. grade, to take it there and you know make kids apologize for something they have no clue what the fuck's going on, and then say, "Hey, there's no way to fix this shit," <laughs> or so suck it up, push all this uh, white like this white guilt, white guilt. That's yeah. what I was going yeah. for in the media. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to really discuss like Eminem yeah. being the one to take a knee, right? Yeah, because exactly. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, me neither. And Where, do you remember the uh, the Emmy show with uh, Jimmy Kimmel and uh, the uh, the the black dude from the sitcom, and and he was sitting there making fun of uh, Jimmy Kimmel and, and all he that. He just shit. had to sit there and take yeah, it. Yeah, and he just sat there and he just kind of laughed awkwardly. Mm, I, I mean, do. <laughs> and that, and, but that's what they're that's what it's looking for, you know? Yeah, it's like, hey, let's make everybody feel like shit because our yeah. Our culture has felt like shit for so long, so it's your turn exactly. to feel like shit so we can all be together. No, yeah. how about we just make people not feel like shit? Right, exactly. How about we push, like I was said in the first half, how about we push the concept that people determine their own mm-hmm. future? And people, um, even even when the world is stacked against them, have over, overcome so much, but we don't want to focus mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, Like how many black people back in the days where it was... All but impossible yeah. to succeed became more than successful because yeah. they were like, this is my life and the system stacked against me. I'm not going to let that affect me. Exactly. I'm going to get what I want no matter what. Exactly. That's not what this teaches. This no. teaches you're black, you're fucked. Yeah. And you're white. So uh, well, there's nothing you can do. You're just racist. What was it? Uh, was it the Minneapolis City Council when they were like, you know, not expecting your home to get broken into is privilege? <laughs> you're right. Right. right? Exactly. I mean, yes. what does that teach people? Yeah. On both sides. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't right? that 
teach that black people break into homes? <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> yeah, racist exactly. on its own? Or, or that you're, you, you know, it's irony is what. If it. your house doesn't get broken into, then you're privileged. So expect your house to get broken into. If you're black, expect yeah. your house to get broken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so stupid. It, it, it's fucking dumb. We are well out of time though. Um, what do you think? I mean, again, we are two white dudes discussing this from yeah. white people's eyes with our privilege of, I mean, you didn't grow up in a two-family childhood. No. I mean, I was privileged to have a two-parent yeah. family, but um, again, we, we're, we're white, so we yeah. shouldn't be allowed to talk about this. Right. But that's all the more reason that we should be talking about this. Absolutely, right. And again, it it, it needs to people need to have the conversation more. Yeah, we we need to understand where right. this is coming from. So if we're not allowed if we're told sit down and shut up, you're just a white guy, then how are we ever going right. to understand this yeah. to even bother to right. if this is a thing that is valid and yes, we should see it that way. Right. If we're not allowed to discuss it to understand it, then right. It, how it doesn't do you help, ha- be helpful be like, "Well, you can't talk about it. If that's your privilege show." Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's like, okay, well, then how do we get past this? Well, we can't. Let us know what you think about all of this. Let us know, I mean, if you're pro-critical race theory, if you think it's 100% legitimate, let us know that. If you've Tell heard other why. viewpoints, yeah. Please, send it know. our way. And if you're from a different country, let us know if you have any kind of CRT going on there. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, we got to get out of here this week. Make sure you check us out all over, all over social media. Thanks to the people that participated in this. Um, this has been... Uh, a different week because we had to do a daytime show. We'll be back here next week during primetime hours at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you come back and join us and participate and get in on the action because we love you for it. We love the interaction from people. That's why we do a live show is for that interaction. Um, Let us know what you think. Send us any uh, information you have on this stuff. You can find us on our Facebook forum, which is the break... I think it's called the Breaking the Bell Forum now because our Break the Bell Forum got taken down. So it's the Breaking the Bell Forum. Or you can find us on Twitter and send us that shit or wherever on social media. You'll find us. We're all over. over. Find us and send us your shit, not your literal shit. No, we don't want that. No. But uh, send us any information you have on this. If you have other points of view, we'd love to hear it. We got to get out of here. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy V-Day. Enjoy Valentine's Day. Go spend it with your with your loved one or spend it with yourself. Who cares? I mean, right. it, let's not make a big thing of this. That's right. Or do it if that's what if you, you can't do. Be with the one you want, be with the one you're with. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll catch you next week. Never stop talking because that's how we keep this shit going. That's how we survive as a country and aren't torn apart the way they want us to be torn apart. Exactly. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On the Run podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.